You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hi, welcome to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, season 13, episode 20. I'm John, and tonight I'm joined by regulars Josh and Erin. How are you doing? I am just dandy, John. Thank you. Nope. Because last time I asked you that after we'd had a good result, you, it was like... Oh, maybe I was being respectful to Josh last time. But well done this time, well done. So, speaking of Josh, that orange top is... It's yeah. a tribute, tribute for the Dutch players, I'm told. I heard uh, that. You had a Dutch manager, I think, as well, did you not? And it was meant yes, to really make yes. him feel at home. So had a couple, couple of Dutch managers, actually. Uh, you, never know, you never normally do that, John. You always introduce us one by one. I was taken aback a wee bit there. Um, we, we, had a, we had a good plastic pint on Saturday, John, after the game. Uh, how did you enjoy yeah, your I. plastic pint of insert beer? Because you'll never be able to tell what kind of beer it was. It was exactly I. Um, I mean, you at one point thought you were regular tenants and it was actually Moretti. Plastic pints. Tastes like shit. Yeah. Um, we are also joined by Hibs fan Alan. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Nice to see you again. Hi. Good to see you. Um, this was arranged through the, the pub on Saturday night after the game. Um, plastic pint. Aye, exactly. But all right, they tasted all right to me, but then I was celebrating, so it didn't matter. Could have been drinking anything. Tasted um, better to me. Aye, right. <laughs> well, you told me that you left after Martin Boyle went off injured, so. Yeah. <laughs> right. uh, we're also joined by Aberdonian band Hitlist, so I'll let you introduce yourselves because that's probably the easiest thing. We've got all four of you. So, who wants to go first? I'll go first. I'm. I'm Callum. What do you do in the band? I'm uh, I'm lead guitar. Guitarist, okay. Who's going to introduce himself next? Um, I am also Callum. I play rhythm <laughs> guitar and vocals. You're a singer. Aye. Okay. Does that mean you're the chatty one? Um, um, no, absolutely oh. not. <laughs> I am so awkward. I don't even know how I've got myself to do this, but it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're on as a spoken Celtic fan, I believe. Uh, Callum Chalmers is the Celtic fan. I am, I am the Celtic fan. Aye, Callum C. Aye. Aye. Um, right, who have we got next? Um, I'm Ollie. I play the drums. Just, yeah, that's about it, really. You don't look like a drummer, Ollie. You look a bit wee to be a drummer. No, honestly, <laughs> honestly, the amount of problems we have because of this man's, like, he's four foot something. <laughs> Honestly, every every time we go every, somewhere, every every single gig, like we'll be supporting the drummer, and then that drummer will always be like six foot two, and then every single time I have to do the walk over to him, and I'm like, oh, can I, can I, can I adjust? Hey, <laughs> <laughs> bet you've got some rest action though. By the way, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you might have heard that joke. There are ladies present, Josh. <laughs> oh, sorry. I basically for those that like are listening to the podcast because we don't put out the visual always effectively the mark one of the band would be fair to say uh, the what the wee cutie oh the wee cutie don't, don't tell him that his ego his ego, like, be uh, his ego will be through the week after that <laughs> um, and then last but not least who we got 
I'm Scott, the bassist. Cool. Right, good to have you on. So obviously on the back of Saturday, plenty of talk about the football. We're going to get plenty of music chat as well. So we shall start with Saturday. Let's start with Saturday. A few of you were there, weren't you? Uh, yeah, I was there. Yeah. I don't, can't remember most of it, though. At what but point did you remember, Phil? Um, Weaving Shettleson Juniors Club. Tough shot, tough shot. To be fair, it wasn't too bad. That. It was quite Sorry, good. Yeah, I, like I, I normally go there loads. It's good. Shettleston Juniors. Aye, you get a venom for a tenner. Fucking hell, man. But oh, but was it re- Aberdeen right now? Like, yeah, not so. It's just away right, fans. Right. Yeah, it's always full. Ah, right, right. Aye, well, it's it's a tough, tough shot normally. That not quite steep. Ten quid for a venom. I don't know. Uh, I love Edinburgh, so I don't like, know. Is that bad? It's like eight pounds in the shed, and we're raging about that. Eight pounds. That's quite well. What think about what you're getting in it? You're getting a vodka, so that's going to be like what two pound at least, and then two pound for a something. That's four. Blue Wicked. I think it's all right. Depends if it's a shed selling it. I don't know. I don't know if they put vodka in it actually. Did (laughs) not. Oh dear. So I had to explain a venom once to one of my pals, and they're like, "You're all mad up there." It's hard. Yeah. Yeah, it, so I never had the, the normal venom, but they had a list of like various venoms, and one of them was a berry blast. I figured that's red, so a good omen. Toddy Bar do a red venom as well. Mate, I've got to, I've got to look, sees, um I've got to come in here, right? Because this is this is the fact that any good person for Irvin will never let let the, the chat about venoms go by without mentioning. Venoms were invented in Irvine, right? They were invented in a bar called the Clubhouse Bar in Irvine. They came about about oh, we talking. I was about twelve years ago, maybe. Are you making this up? No, no, no. I swear, I swear to fucking God, I'm talking a hundred percent truth. I remember starting drinking them um, when we were about eighteen. No, a, a pro. I, I what goes in a proper venom? On? It's sun, sun comfort and orange same. juice and. Uh, like a wicked or something. Southern yeah, Comfort. I, I, it's a vodka, Southern Comfort, a whole blue wicked, and orange juice. juice. No, no, but there's something. There's there's two other things that go in a proper venom because you. No, we used to, no yeah. some kind of rum. I know that. I it might be Vicardi. Might be Vicardi. Aye. I'm looking it up. Because we used to, what we used to do is, I'm going off topic here, but we used to buy like jugs of them when we were like 18, right? And they'd be like fucking six or seven quid. And that would do you for the fucking full night, man. It was amazing. Get one of them on a Thursday night. Right. And it's, and it's I still Googled History of the Venom, Josh. Right. It was created in Glasgow in 2008. That's a fucking lie. By, co- by cocktail expert <laughs> and world-renowned DJ Ross McGregor. Who's writing the Wikipedia page for Venoms? Fucking <laughs> Ross, Ross, <laughs> Ross, 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 I'll be phoning A shot Ross. of vodka, a shot of Southern Comfort, a bottle of Blue Wicked topped up with orange juice, it's nice. That is a fucking lie. And I'll tell you something, Ross McGregor, he sounds like he should have been on, remember that short-lived Glasgow online oh. reality, Glasgow or whatever it was called? Oh, the one that was like Glasgow, made, like made in Chelsea, but Glasgow. Aye, aye, he sounds like he should have been on that. It was absolutely mental. Fucking asshole. Sorry, right, John, I've, I've uh, took over about the venoms. If you're listening, obviously, um, Ross, you let us know about your venoms. What was your hot cake on Saturday, Josh, that everybody likes dark fruit strongbow? Everybody does. No, they don't. Nah, yeah, I see, yeah, I, I agree. No, I agree. Miguel was like, no, who likes strongbow dark fruits? 
I'm not saying I'm not saying everybody drinks it, right? All I'm saying is there's not a soul out there that takes like a thingy of strongbow dark fruit, right? Goes like that, sips it and goes, Ooh, gads. It's fucking yeah, refreshing. It's, it's lovely. Yeah, it I just agree. kind of reminds me of like throwing up. <laughs> like, like you know when like, you know when like it comes back out and it's like you can't really drink it much again. I mean, if I was given it, I would drink it, but like I wouldn't I might, reject. I might agree with you. I might agree with you. Yeah. Like I don't think anyone will go out their way and need to have one, but I couldn't drink it like only only dark fruits whole night. No, you can have one. It's like a little early morning juice, and then that's it. Like juice, yeah, juice. like halfway juice. through one on a summer day, excellent. And then like the last half, you'd be like, "Oh, I'm fucking dying drinking this." There we go. There we go. That's Very it. sickly, Josh. Very sickly. Like yeah, they're different. too. No. Can I just have a pint like a normal person? I love pints. A pint of dark fruits, though. No, but have a pint of dark fruits, sir. Definitely. How many? But, just one. Mm, three, four, and then maybe I'll graduate onto onto beers. But like, I mean, I'll, like, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm no a beer drinker here because most of the time I will drink beer. But you know, sometimes hungover things like that, just nice to get a wee dark fruits, don't you? Oh, hungover Mag- not bad because it is just a juice, better. isn't it? Really, Magnus dark fruits is better than strong blue dark fruits. Probably say so. I, I think, think, I think, I think I'd agree. I think Do you know I'd where it actually is okay for a dark fruits? The airport early. That's possible. See, I like a pint at the airport, like a beer yeah, at the airport. Yeah. I like a Prosecco at the airport, actually. You like, like Prosecco you in your fucking... in your hand but a Prosecco. I know, man. You, you don't Prosecco no. on your wheat a bit. No, no, no. Saturday, <laughs> no Prosecco's for me. They don't have Prosecco at the penny farthing. What does, uh, what does a Prosecco set you back at the airport, by the way? Because it's about £8 a pint. We don't need to think about it. We're just, we'll just... <laughs> it is what it is. No, no, the, the exchange rate's mental, I'll tell you that. Euros is like a pound to you. Mad. All right, I thought it took me to exchange the airport at like Edinburgh Airport or something like that. It's like it's the same country. It's fine. It's the same. Um right, football. So anyone remember it? Sorry, Erin, do you remember it? Yeah, had a lovely time. I've got um what I can only describe as an absolutely horrendous, like horrifically painful bruise from the goal celebration. It's actually quite sore. But other than that, um yeah, brilliant. Great. Had a lovely time. Don't need to talk about the game. I mean, we weren't excellent, but overall, good. Scott and Ollie, do you remember much about the game? Were you watching it at home? Were you at the game? Uh, so I was watching. Wait, Ollie, let you go first. No, I, I wasn't watching it. Oh, fair. Um, you go, Scott. Sorry, man. Yeah. Um, I was at my brother's. We were watching it on via play. Um, yeah, I quite enjoyed it. Um, I remember the commentator, like one of them complaining because, you know, the somewhat controversial initially controversial sort of like like VAR decision which I mean it was offside like you can't really argue with that but the guy was like quite angry for like the few minutes and after it was like very much marked up on the screen the other guy was just like yeah no it's like it's very easy to see now so I was like yeah yeah it's like we can't get too angry at VAR being correct yeah, I've only seen the stills of it. I've not watched it back yet. Alan, what was your take? I know we had a wee chat in the pub afterwards, but so raw and all that, and that. It seems, it seems like it's, uh, it's everyone else here's an Aberdeen fan, so it's all going going down well. No, look, I gave you a point. Um, 
offside's offside, it is clear cut. But I've talked Josh and I are talking about this in the pub afterwards, and we're going to get into a big debate here with VAR in general. But I think it when it's that tight, and that is the rules, I'm, I'm not disputing that by any means. But I think I prefer it when we didn't have VAR and decisions like that, just go to the naked eye, the linesman's lap, kind of call that the advantage goes to the attacker. I far preferred life without VAR and call me a dinosaur, but just I think there's so many, so many games that become not boring, but they lose so much because of VAR's involvement. Like you could have had a one each classic going all the way to penalties there, just for example, things like that. And yeah, offside, it was offside. Um, but I think for like 70 odd minutes, Hibs probably edged it. They were really, at one point, I think probably about the hour mark, they were really pushing for the opener. And somehow after the red card, uh, it was McKenzie, wasn't it, sent off the left back? Yeah. Stupid, stupid. I, 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 I think it was. I think it was the second book. Oh, it was 100%. You can't, you can't, you wouldn't have questioned that either. No, uh, it was stupid. You do, why would you even do it if you're booked? But it was almost as if it, it, Aberdeen then, I think Aberdeen found a better shape because they were obviously a bit more defensive. So they almost get their structure better, I felt, after the, 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 the sending off. We were and much it, better after, yeah. oh, sorry, after the red card. Hmm. Paid for the counter and it was a good goal, took it really well. No argument there. There was some uh, dispute about a foul in Miller in the middle of the park. I think Miller's got this um, thing for Hibs where he, he's always... Do you know, like, uh, Ryan Portis was actually really good at it. Ryan Portis was like, he's a foul. Every time he had the ball and he felt under pressure, he'd go down, but he was brilliant at doing it and getting the, getting the free kick. I think Miller tries that far too often and he's a big boy, Miller. He's like six foot two and it just doesn't doesn't play. So no, no foul for me and uh, well taken goal. I said he was too quick for him effectively, and then obviously he gets the ball to it for Vara. We ought, it's like sometimes we're like a striker's two and goal at that. You're kind of wondering if he's got too much time. Does he get? Yeah. But, I, yeah. What I, think I think a top keeper probably saves that. Like, it's a really good finish, don't get me wrong, but a top, top keeper probably gets something on it. Marshall's not been great this season for Hibs. Um, I love David Marshall, just to, to caveat that. But um, yeah, uh, good, good goal, well taken. Um, and Aberdeen then had another couple of chances. What do we think of the two penalty decisions? So the Hibs one, um, I'd probably be shouting it for if it was on the other end, but I can see why it wasn't given, maybe because the ball was probably out of play. Is that maybe why it wasn't given, or do we think it was minimal contact? Well, it was contact. But yeah, I mean, it was contact, there was contact, John, but it's whether or I mean, that's no in this debate, but it's whether or not you know, the, the way that the ball was being played and, you know, the, the kind of intent of the keeper and how easy the defender went down, you know, does that warrant a penalty or not? The more and more I've watched it, I mean, I said it was the pen of the night. I probably think it probably on balance was a pen. Um, certainly warranted VR to have a look at it. Don't know if they did or not. I hope they did. I would like to think they did. If they looked at the boil offside, which... You know, as Alex has said, it was fucking marginal. Um, although offside, you know, you'd like to think they had a look at the penalty incident as well. Um, I seen them given, seen them not given. But for me, and please correct me if I'm wrong. So I watched the the Hearts Rangers game after on the Sunday, and I don't think there's a huge difference between the penalty was given for Rangers and the penalty claim for Hibs. I don't could think there's could have been killed. He could have been killed. <laughs> quite, quite a similar scenario, though. The, the, the striker's going away from goal, touches the ball, first keeper you know, makes contact, at the very least. 
probably Rangers win is more of a penalty. I, I get it, but I don't think there's a huge difference in it. I think it's the, the consistency, like either both are pens or they're not pens. That's what I prefer to see from, from VAR and the officiating. I just don't think there's any consistency in general. And that's where the frustration comes. Um, Scott and Callum, would you have been shouting for it at the other end? Um, so I wasn't watching the Rangers game. Um, and I think just, well, I mean, I'm not like the most analytical like football viewer anyway, I would say. So like, I think... I just the result we got. I was like quite happy anyway. I didn't really wasn't angry with any decisions that really happened in the Aberdeen game. So right, fair enough. I don't even know if Carl will mind it. To be honest, to you, <laughs> mate. Honestly, I don't. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't. It's so bad. I actually. Oh, I remember. I remember uh, the things I do remember is when Hibbs scored the offside goal. And I was I was sitting there in the stands like oh fuck's sake obviously didn't see it properly so from where where from where we were we were behind it so we didn't see if it was onside or not I was like fuck's sake here we go again so again did that and then just just for this shit again and then but but now I got chopped off and then I remember the goal it was good that yeah, it was good I don't remember the, I don't I don't remember the penalty shot. I a team scores a goal. And then, like you know, they're scared to celebrate because they don't know if it's offside or not. Yeah, like it's it's kind of like kind of ruins it a wee bit, you know. Yeah, like that's... football is a human thing. Humans playing football against other humans, human referee, and then human linesman, you know. And the human footballers, they're allowed to make mistakes. Goalkeepers are allowed to make mistakes, but you know, when it comes to like offsides and linesmen and stuff like that, there's suddenly no room for error. Like I don't know that. I don't know. Maybe that is maybe that old. It's like old old donkey football fact, but I don't know. It seems a bit unnecessary. You know that. You know the old uh, twenty fourteen World Cup uh, advert, and it was like the the robot football players. I don't know if anyone remem- remembers that, but it kind of reminds me of that. Yeah. Well, Josh and I will tell you. I mean, this is the part I really hate about it. Is like Josh and I were in Seville, so we celebrated that McTominay goal like. Not nothing else. Like, yeah. Amazing. Aye. That's one of the best moments. <laughs> like, like I mean, you go, you go from, you take a moment like that, right? You go from one of the best moments ever. You know, well, ever. Probably, the best you, I, 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 probably one of the best football mo- moments of my of my life. You know, I mean, and I've had a lot, a, a fair few of them now. Um, and then within like thirty seconds or whatever, forty seconds, like. Suddenly, it was just like slow. It, do, do you know something? The thing about VAR, it's not quick, right? And what I mean by this is, it's not like a, it's not like ripping off a plaster, right? Suddenly, it's just like that's what like that's what an offside flag's like. Like yeah. if you score an incredible goal, flag for offside within five seconds, you know, all oh, right, fuck, snuggle, right? But see, like VAR, it's like a fucking slow ebb over two to three minutes of fucking agony, and that's what. Um, uh, the Scott McTominay one was like, um, and I'd imagine that was probably uh, what the uh, the Hibs one was like at the weekend for the Hibs fans. It's just two to three minutes of fucking agony. And then when the ref goes to the monitor, you know, fucking 70, 80% of the time, he's going to change the decision, you know, not in your favour. Um, and I, yeah, I just hate it, hate it, hate it. Hate the Man United one as well, the Scott McTominay. Uh, on Saturday, the exact same that, thing. But, but that, one this week, that one this weekend, I think I saw that. Yeah. yeah. 
It's just oh, weird. Get get it in the fucking bin. But it's, it's the rules. So there was a it was Dundee Livingston. I don't know if anyone saw that one with the Dundee yeah. goal. Yeah. yeah, I mean that was scandalous. Like mm-hmm. the boys shocking one from thirty yards out, and somebody's offside at the side of the goal or something stupid like that. It just wasn't. I don't know. Just anyway, we're delving into VAR. Ah, <laughs> basically most of the time we don't like it, but we did like it when Lyndon Dykes against Israel get a wee VAR decision. Well, and then you've a weird feeling where you're celebrating the goal twice. But that's what VAR's there for, John. Right? VAR is there to give us goals and to benefit us. It's not there for <laughs> when when a decision is going against you. VAR is there for me to enjoy myself on Saturday. And it was lovely. I enjoyed it. I think it worked very well. Do you think, look, I mean, see the thing is about Saturday, I've got to be honest, right? You know you know me, I don't, I don't really... I'm all up or down about Aberdeen. I, I really am there. Um, they, they are they are a tough watch, though. I mean, Hibs Hibs were very good, you know, throughout the day. Even in the passages of play, you know, I just felt that across the 75, 80 minutes, and, and like you said, Aaron, I think seeing Aberdeen went down to ten men, I think that was really game changing. Aberdeen's come across to me as a bit of a counter pressing team, anyway. Um, you know they've done fairly well. Had a couple of um, close shaves in Europe, um, and and one um, very uh, you know a couple a couple of very good performances. Um, I would probably say, um, and I think no more was it more evident in the game against Rangers that you um, put Michael Beal gave Michael Beal his jotters. Um I think, but but I think. There was a lot of hoofball going on with Aberdeen. Um, but I, I was impressed by a few of the players. Shani was very good. Um, Mayovsky was good. Yeah. Took, I think he took, took his finish. I thought he took his finish very, very well. Um, goal, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a great finish. Um, I've watched his... it about 4,000 times today. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I love those fin- those type of finishes where he's on his... He is... Is he left-footed? Mm-hmm. Yes. Aye. Well, I was going to say he's on his weak foot there, but it's like... It's kind of curving away from goal, you know. It, it, it would be, I mean, the instinct there would to be to go onto the right and try to get it onto that and get it shifted in the corner. But instead, he goes across goal into the into the um, opposite netting. Um, so, yeah, impressive. Um, it was a lucky win, you know. But it, it, at the end of the day, a lucky win is the same as an incredible win. You're still walking away with either three points or you're into the next round of the cup. One thing you would say, right, Hibs obviously had more than a ball, but I, I can't recall a save that Roos had to make and Aberdeen had the better chances. There was a couple he of also times did actually Hibs, have more possession. There was a couple of times where um, Hibs got in behind and behind the wing-backs, a few crosses. The only one I really recall being a good chance is the one that Pevlin blocked. Yeah, that was a good chance. There was one Yuan had early on, which I actually forgot about. It was when I watched the highlights and he, remember he blazed, it was like penalty spot yeah. and he blazes yeah. it over the bar. Yeah. So like, I think Hibs had chances, but they were taken horribly. Like, yeah. You know. I think, I, I think, I think they had, they had so, so many chances that were like 90% and then just didn't actually get the final shot on goal. Whether or not the shot on goal would have came to him, anything. I think in, in terms of the play, they were much better. Hibs flatter to deceive with that at the minute. They don't have the cutting edge and they leak goals at nothing on earth and that's that's what happened at Hamden, isn't it? I mean, ultimately. 
What are you going to say, Erin? I was going to say that actually people keep saying, oh, like Hibs fans keep saying, oh, we had more of the ball, we were much better. We actually had more possession, I've discovered. Did they? I didn't know that. And more shots on target. But I think Hibs definitely looked like they had more of the possession, more of the, the territory, if you like. But um, yeah, that's an interesting start. I looked at the time, but apparently we didn't. Um, yeah. I, was I think ask- it's um, the penalties, neither are a penalty. Although actually, Boyan's one's not a dive. No, so and I actually think the Hibs one is for if you're giving Boyan's a dive, that's a booking for a dive as well. I, I don't think the Hibs one was dive, but I think that um, so the one with Miofsky is it Miofsky. Yeah, pen. I don't think it's a pen, but there's contact. No, no so so that's what in the, in the Hibs end. That's the there's a guy next to me. The reaction was we're like because he because he books him straight away and we're like if we genuinely looked at him and went oh fuck like because of the way it happened. But we're looking at it back. I think you're exactly right. It's not a dive. It's not a penalty. It's just. I think if that was a card that mattered, like in the league, that meant he was going to miss like an important next game, we'd appeal that. Yeah. I, and I ask, think you'd probably get it. There is enough contact to say that isn't a dive. I was going to ask the Aberdeen fans, um, from my perspective at that game, it looked like most of Aberdeen's play came through Shinny and Clarkson. Like they relied a lot on them to, to, to just link defence to attack, instigate anything, any sort of moves. Is, is that what you felt or you feel differently? Because I, I thought a lot, I felt like Hibs were crying out for like a Jago. Jago was out of the squad, but just somebody to sit in there and actually disrupt that, but they didn't have anything to do to do that. Anyone to do that? You think Scott, Callum? I think I think Clarkson definitely. Clarkson's been really good. Povar as well. Uh, Povar came through really well. I really like mm-hmm. preferring him, preferring him to the likes of uh, Shane and Clarkson just now because Povar from when he first came to us, he kind of looked like a bit of a bit of a fish out of water when he first came. But I think that loan he went on was like really benefited him. He's came back a different player. He always came back a different player, and he's really good. I think definitely. he has had like a full redemption arc, hasn't he? He's been so good. Yeah. Um, Big fan of his song as well. No, I think Pavara very good. Clarkson good. Shinny good. Um, yeah, I I think it was, looking back, it was better overall than it felt like it was at the time. Um, I think it's just the first half felt not brilliant. I think it's just one of those ones where you're like, oh, come on. But actually, we weren't as bad as I maybe thought we were. And the thing is, like, Hibs are obviously disappointed, but you have to take your chances. And realistically... You need to score the most goals. We scored one goal and they scored no goals. So that's where we are. And now big final for us. Yeah, I mean, I think like there was a few moments defensively where like I was watching and like shitting myself a bit. But like really like looking back outside of it, like we can say like, you know, if we had luck on our side or not or whatever, but I think we still played like, you know, pretty decently at the end of the day. So I don't think there's a lot of teams in general. Uh, personally, no. I think Hibs edged it in terms, of, like I said, and I'm surprised at the possession stat, but at the end of the day, Aberdeen won. <laughs> that's, that's the bottom line. Aye, for I, your sake, Dora, still positive. It's going to be early doors. Um, I think good signs ahead. Good times ahead for Hibs, maybe. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. Right, shall we move on about music then? Get some going, and then we'll, we'll come back to it. We can come back to Sunday's game. Don't worry, Josh. You don't need to get all upset, but try and mix up a wee bit. Get the music going. Hell. Get the lads chatting. Aye? Right, okay. perspective. <laughs> right, we might have know first of all, how did the band come about? How did you get together? So, basically, um, I've, I, I met Carl uh, 
a long when was a a while ago a wee while ago five or six years ago yeah we we met through a a shared ex-girlfriend yeah controversial kind of a bit of a weird one but did you say a shared ex-girlfriend? Both got the same ex. Aye, well, well. We were not at the same time. Aye, aye. We weren't like, aye, it wasn't like that. <laughs> so, uh, oh, you, we, you don't know she, that, mate. She, 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 well, she, <laughs> she, we were, uh, so she introduced me to him and was like, oh, my boyfriend's learning guitar. Do you, you fancy like, helping him get on a wee bit? So went over to him, started writing some changing that. We started playing me and Callum under, uh, what, what was it, Jonesy and Chalmers? That's what Jonesy and Chalmers. Chalmers. Utter Jonesy shite. Chalmers. But do you know what? Oh, it was awful. It it's, was where, awful. it's where you start, is it? Right, so we, we played a couple of gigs and then kind of like packed it in a bit. And then Aye, because you, all... you kind of got yourself a wee like promotion um, solo career going and then it was like, right, well, I'm leaving you in the dirt. <laughs> no, it wasn't quite like that. Um, well, maybe. Um, and then... I fucking you, you just know the Capolos they're from Aberdeen as well yeah. um, I covered one of their songs and they posted it on their Instagram and Ollie messaged me off the back of that being like oh I see, I see, I see, you're, I see you're playing guitar and I was like do you start a band and I'm like yes yeah, I'm uh, also I do call, do call before and before when we first started the band we had we had four folk in the band and our all the best player was called Callum as well so, so there's an absolute Callum. nightmare and oh, like you know, was... Callum, do you want a tea? And then the three of them look at you, and it's oh, God. <laughs> that's not very rock and roll. A cup of tea, come on, Ollie. I <laughs> well, listen, because we we actually used to when we first started, um, we actually used to practice in a church. They had Christian, a week. Christian rock, man. Yeah, like Christian it. rock. <laughs> and, uh, we, well, because it's like yeah, we were. I mean, I would have been sixteen, maybe, or was it six seventeen? Yeah, 17. seventeen, maybe, in uh, or just turned seventeen, like. I've just got a new job, but I mean, it costs decent money. I mean, the gear alone, but like when you're practicing at places, that costs money as well. And I mean, we got this for free, so just even starting yeah. just to learn the instruments and get like get some chemistry going, we just used there's to go a, there. There's a cover of uh, of Jonesy singing. He's got the whole world in his hands at the church. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't we'll gatekeep it that that happened like the first or second time and oh we were so bad I have like videos of like us playing because we've got a song called Soul Survivor and that was kind of like developed there really Um, and I have videos of us playing that and it's just so bad we were just playing the same song for like 17 minutes straight (laughs) but you know good times and then we we used to spend 8 hours there a day just trying to like (laughs) Practice, just get yeah. better. Yeah, and we'd come away with nothing. <laughs> we'd come away with nothing, but in, in in hindsight, it did obviously help us a lot. Yeah, put a lot of time into it. But, so then, like later, 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 later down the line, we uh, the boy, the other boy, Callum, had left to go to uni in Edinburgh or something, and uh, Callum knew Scott from school, so we got we got Scott, and he just clicked straight away, and we just everything started to fall into place a bit. We got our first gig a couple of weeks later. So we kind of just got him in and was like, yeah, we've got to give him two weeks. Like, we kind of need to dip on a bit. And we played our first gig at uh, Drummond's, when was that, August last year? Aye, so it's, yeah, August last year. That was White Lines, the White Lines, was it? Yeah, White Lines. Yeah. But no. just kind of just went from there. 
And I mean, like one thing with even from the first gig, like you're obviously not expecting not every band's just gonna come out and be rock stars straight away. But like looking back on the videos of the first gig, even like the gap from like the church to the first gig, and then the first gig to now, like it's just mental how like much progress. How much you've improved as a group? Yeah. Individually as well as individually as well as like as a collective as well. Came on quite a bit, but yeah, that's pretty much it. All right, so this is a good story, actually. So, <laughs> yeah, oh, it's look, one of those you just you just start like reading a dictionary and just shouting out words. Well, there was like, <laughs> let me, let me we all went on it. a Discord call yeah. and then we made a document of like. You know, just like everything we kind of knew about music stuff. It was just a, a big document. Uh, and it was kind of like targets of like, oh, yeah, this would be really cool. This would be really cool. This would be really cool. And then that document was titled like the hit list or something. And then we were like, we spent hours on this Discord thing trying to find a name. Um, we were like listing bands. We were close to calling ourselves the Lemons, <laughs> which was bad. And then, uh, which is you know the worst thing ever. And then um, I think it was someone I don't know who it was. Uh, someone it was, was like, oh, maybe we should just call ourselves the Hit List. And then it was like, no, 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 not the just just Hit List. But yeah, I think I've still got the document actually on my computer. Just like it's just a list of like bands that we're actually really good pals with now but it's just like yeah we're gonna take over the capolos we're gonna do like <laughs> joking just like having taken the piss but it, it's actually like turned out to be a pretty good name what, what bands do you idolize who do you style yourselves on have you got anyone I mean, um, we've got we've got the, the snuts influences do you know i've got to say i've got to say calm um you know when i listened to your tracks earlier the day that probably was one of the first bands that kind of came to mind, that kind of, uh, I don't know, post-noughties kind of rocky feel. Um, so, I mean, it sounds great. The, t- the, two, the tracks that are there on Spotify sound great. Um, so, But, I, I mean, that just makes me feel fucking ancient, man, when you've got, when you've got a band saying, oh, you know, oh, we're taking our sound off of the snuts. And I'm like, man, the fucking snuts have only been on the scene like one year. <laughs> um, you know? But I mean, we've uh, been following them. Like, me and Callum have been good, like, yeah, pretty much every opportunity. And then Ollie's been coming heaps as well. And, I mean, it was definitely, at the start, it was like pretty much 100% the snuts. I think we're probably influenced by a lot more now. Like, you just don't want to just pick one band and just, like, go down it because... I think the first like three gigs, it was like, yeah, we can kind of see you're just trying to be the snuts, and we're like, yeah, we don't want to be the snuts. Like, we're... I want to still be the snuts. I mean, I would easily <laughs> be the snuts if the, the opportunity came up a bit. Yeah, we got we got we got the opportunity to support them um, in Aberdeen on our third gig because we were just uh, they announced they announced a wee tour to you can those album tours bands do to sell albums, so they'll play at little venues, but. When you buy a ticket, you get an album and it just boosts their, their charts and that. So we we seen we seen they announced that we seen they were playing the lemon tea, and there wasn't any support snaps. So we just we just retweeted it and we're like, all oh, right, every, everybody tagged us snaps in this post right now. We, we put we put a video of us covering their song Glasgow at our first ever gig, and then it, it sat for a it sat for a couple of days and they retweeted it and said, oh DM us. But I was at work, 
So my phone starts blowing up. All my, all my mates are phoning me like, Calm, go fucking check your Twitter now. I was like, I'm sitting <laughs> fucking behind the, behind the tiller at work, like, shaking myself. Like, what the fuck is going on? Why is on my phone a bit? And then we went back and seen that, and then we got speaking to them, and we ended up getting to actually support them. So that that was mental. Our third gig. So so when, when we started the band, we made a list of like things that we wanted to do and what we wanted to achieve. And the sport and such was one of those things. But that was good. that was kind of like more of like the end goal. Yeah, we were yeah, we were just kind of we were just kind of <laughs> taking the piss. It's not like we ever thought that we'd ever support the snuts. I mean, that still remains our worst gig to date. Like we were god probably because <laughs> like... the the thing is is that they're at the, at this, did it at the lemon tree in Aberdeen and. It, um, it was double booked, so upstairs there was like a kids. What was it? It was like a kids tea party or like a <laughs> something uh, like that. Uh, something just completely stupid, and basically because of that, they they weren't. There was like a noise restriction until like six seven o'clock. Doors was eight. They couldn't do a full sound check for the snuts and then get us fully loaded in and set up in time. There just wouldn't have been enough time, so we, we had to play acoustically. And as I said, like we were still completely new to all this stuff. So we now had to go from like find kind of comfortable with like what we're doing and then like try and change the songs last minute just to try yeah. and get like sound. three days Bet. to do all that. And it's like, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> Is it the Aside Records tour, I take it? Yeah. Because yeah. I had yeah. tickets for the Glasgow one and they build it as like an acoustic gig. And I thought that'd be quite cool, something a bit different for the snuts. And then they came on and went, aye, we just came, we just put this gig on to sell the records and then you just find a normal set. It was brilliant. It was absolutely amazing. Lemon Tree's a pretty, um, Lemon Tree's a pretty kind of, it's like, it's like a well-known kind of gig venue in the music scene in Aberdeen, isn't it? I'm, I'm, sh- I'm mm. sure I went to see the view yeah. a couple of years ago there or, or yeah. Kyle Faulkner or something like that. Um, so that must have been pretty cool. I mean, would you say that's probably the most kind of, uh, pro- probably the most iconic venue that you've played yet, or uh, or no, no, no. We we played King Touch a couple of weeks ago. Hey, you've just given them the opportunity yeah. to talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excellent, <laughs> excellent. So, sure right, Tuts, give, give us give us a load down on King Tuts. Oh, fuck, sure. Where is I? September. It's Yeah, yeah. It was that weekend, that weekend, I, uh, there was a big, yeah, yeah, sorry, I'm, I remember now. Aye. What was that like then, playing at Tots? Oh, oh Tots was that, unbelievable. unbelievable. That was like another one of the things, that, we, we had, what was it, like three, three. things on our list. A mosh one pit. Of, what, <laughs> it was like, get a mosh pit to one of our songs, support the Stutch, and play King Tots. And we did it all. Um, so, yeah, like, so when we, when we finally got that, it was like, right, okay. <laughs> like, need to make a new mean? list. <laughs> Yeah, it's like it's just going not too bad, but so you just getting in, you get in there and like, even like the staff are just sound as like oh they're brand new, they're they're all so good with it, they treat you so well. Come up, go walking in and walking up those stairs, and you you know the stairs they have all the folk that have played there, you know like how the fuck are four edge from Aberdeen and what a place fucking plays man, you they're walking up to see like Maddox Street Preachers, fucking the Killers, Liam Gallagher, Oasis, obviously it's just mental. Aye, and some of these have been the last. Aye, some of these have been the last like three years as well. Like it's mad. It's just, it's just like it, it was something I've always wanted to do. Like I never thought I'd be playing tots. I, I was pretty content playing drummings and tunnels. And don't get me wrong, I don't mind playing drummings and tunnels. But I was pretty content with doing that. And then you, you get the opportunity like King Tuts. 
but I mean like just everything about it, it was just like for it's it's weird because it's it's not much different to the likes of Drummond's as like if you ignore the history and in the lore and that. But just yeah, like, quite like a small venue. I don't know where like, yeah. went it's to see the first time we back. went there was to see the Capolos. Uh we went on the bus down with them. And I was I don't know why, I was expecting King Tut's to be this like really, really big venue. Like not huge, but I thought it would be really big and we went in and it was actually it was quite small. So that's just like the same size, similar size to like like so drum ends and tunnels, but it was so like it's really cool. You know, it's like suppose that's I mean, I suppose that's one of the one of the cool things about Tuts is 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 the thing about that venue, um, is that yeah, one, it's so small. So when you get big acts that go back to play at King Tuts, it's fucking brilliant. I went to see the view there yeah. a couple of months ago there. Um it was you know, it's brilliant. It's just a great gig. Um, you know, guys like, but then I can't remember who it was that mentioned about the stairs, you know, walking up and, and somebody made specific reference to the fact that a lot of these bands are only in the past couple of years and the thing about, I love about that is that what that highlights is that for, for bands and in music um, life moves really quickly once you get that kind of break um, you know I mean you think I think the one that always sticks out for me because I remember when John and I went to see PG Charlotte there last month um, was, was seeing Lewis Capaldi up the top at like 2020 or something like that um, now, whatever you think of Lewis Capaldi, you know, in terms of his music, you, you know, in terms of global success, is undeniable. Oh, 100%. Um, and if you think, you know, in the space of fucking three years or whatever it is, where he has went, you know, from there until now is absolutely insane. So I think the thing about, and that's probably one of the iconic things about King Tut's is, is just that how how it kind of embodies the the... the I suppose that the very kind of nature of music, in, in in terms of you know, once once the, the kind of listener base gets there, and once everyone gets a listening a band, suddenly it just happens overnight. Aye, people call it like a springboard almost. It's like, I mean, like you, there's if you go up the steps and you're reading them, and th- there's probably like so many examples of as you say, people are going in and they're like. They'll be bigger than us, but they're massive, and they'll be doing their headline shows there. And, and as you say, in the next couple of years, and I'm not saying that every band that goes there is going to do that, but it is a, a springboard, and there is just something special about the place. Like for being, as you say, the small small venue that a lot of people get surprised at. It that's just because like the image that everyone gets in their head of what's happened there and all the history of the place is so much bigger than like a 200 capacity like venue. It's like so much bigger than that. Um, Alan had asked about influences in terms of bands but what about inspirations like what inspires you to like music like what kind of stuff I always go first in this scene so hitting things I like hitting circles <laughs> it's fun but... and then you know I, I get to make noise hitting the circles and it's you know <laughs> there's a really a good... high bar great <laughs> answer my mum and dad were mods so uh I was like heavy brought up. My first gig was Madness when I was like six <laughs> or seven, and uh, I've seen I've like I was taken to the Who heaps, and that was kind of what started me off in kind of Northern Soul and stuff like that. And then obviously, like once I got a bit older, I probably went more into Britpop as well as you know 
so I was the for me it was the Stone Roses, pretty much the second that like I kind of got my own Spotify account. It was the Stone Roses and then Oasis and then it was all that and and then just from there. But I you mean, I was you went Stone Roses to Oasis. Yeah, I was Stone Roses oh, first, wow. then Oasis. It's funny you say it's funny it's funny you say that, Kel, Um Just because when I listened to your tunes earlier on, the first band I thought of were the Snuts, but the second band I thought of were the Stone Roses. I'll take it's that as a compliment. That. I'll take that as a compliment. There's a wee bit of Oasis there as well, I think. Yeah, yeah, but I would say so. Yeah. I, can I can I post modern Britpop? Like what? Just I obviously we we know we've got enough idea what age you're looking at you, but what age are you to give the the listeners an idea? I'm the youngest. I'm twenty. Uh, I'm twenty-one. I'm oh. twenty-one as well. I'm I'm twenty. Right. That always just take us. That always takes us way too long to answer that question. I know. <laughs> just <laughs> trying to count on two hands how many. <laughs> that can wait, Jerry. Um, but no, like aside from the Snots gig, you have had supports like with Dictator, who we've had on the podcast. Brilliant guys. Was that your first gig? Wasn't it? Dictator, no. Like support. Oh, um, we supported them. First gig in first... England. Yeah. First gig in England. Yeah. We supported them in uh, in Aberdeen as well, but it was like they played a gig that ended up being cancelled. So then, like the last minute, they had to change their venue to like this new bar place called Resident X. Um, but then it was like all acoustic, and it was just a wee bit weird. So it was just me and Callum doing an acoustic gig, and then they brought us down to Leeds, which was like. Oh my god, the amount of stress that travelled all the way down to Leeds because we tried to do this on the cheap way. So we we took the we took the megabus. Uh, we had five five different megabuses, and then we spent twenty two hours travelling and sixteen hours in Leeds. Those sixteen hours, I managed to count that we had twenty one takeaways between us, and like you know that is just it's it's despicable. I you know I I, I the the lack of health and then um. As we finished the gig, we went back. We went to the hotel because we stayed overnight. Went to the hotel to drop our stuff off to go back out. We go, we go into the hotel room. They give us a key. We go into the hotel room, and then and then Chalmers walks in. Chalmers, who's a wee bit drunk, walks into the thing. Sees stuff on the floor. She's potentially people in the bed, and he goes, "Guys, I think I think there's people sleeping here." <laughs> They'd given us a hotel key to a room that would, like there was people in it. <laughs> uh, Honestly, good thing, good thing. I don't actually. I think they were actually down at the bar. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. They just left a bit. Yeah. Good thing. Good thing there was nothing else happening because they would. Like be, I don't know who would have been more. One more in the morning. Yeah, it would have been about twelve o'clock because it was like we didn't we didn't have time to check in because the buses were all late and by the time we got in it was just like right well we need to get to the venue. And it was just like the whole, the basically that whole like, as you say, sixteen hours there was just like, didn't really have much time to do anything other than just like the last three hours where we had to wait for the bus home. Yeah, but it was we a good, it was a good Stone night. Roses bar. We went to the Stone, Stone Roses, Roses bar. bar, and for the time that me and Scott were there, because we we, uh, we were there for like a little bit less time than Jonesy and Chalmers, but the time we were there, not one Stone Roses song was played. I know it was a bit wide. <laughs> Famous Leeds band Stone Roses. Bitterly disappointed. <laughs> I've got a quick question for you, actually. See, between the four of you, how many Stone Island jumpers do you own? Just add it up. 
Right, so Callum, <laughs> just count your collection because you're the only yeah. one with them. Must be at least fifty. I've got, I've, I've got, I've got seven. Do you? So, I bet you. Seven. I bet you are fucking solid at the football, mate. <laughs> of course, of course. That's, that's what I can't remember. It's I was getting before. Does it count? <laughs> does it count if I get a Primark jumpers and start putting Store Island badges on? I think. Oh, yeah, yeah it does count. Photos, you're good. As long as you're getting the badge in. How can you afford jumpers if you need to buy music equipment? What the hell? Wow, we've been telling just, them this for a while. No, I buy them off Depop. I buy them off Depop. I get them too cheap. <laughs> just, uh, on that, John, just on that, John, I've got a question um, for Callum C. Um, Callum, what do you play? I am lead guitarist. No, but what? No, what guitar? Uh, what, what do you play? What, right, what guitars? You know, what do you have in your collection? I've got. So I've got. I've just recently got a new one. Um, but I was playing an ES, so I proper just like same exact same as Knowles, exact same as Knowles. Um, nay, nay Gibson though, because I'm, I'm I was nay born into money. I got an Epiphone, um, but I just recently got a Fender Jag, which is stunning, very nice. Um, I, I got it for the Beach Ballroom, which was the one before Leeds, um, because my ES broke. I think I, I think I I broke it at Tuts because. My, we were on stage last song, string snapped. I just thought it snapped the string, but it wasn't until we got back and I noticed that um, the machine heads at the top were actually broken. So I put it in and they were like, hi, we'll get it back to you for Saturday. And then it came to like Wednesday and they were like, yeah, I'm sorry, lad, I don't think we're going to get back to you. So I was a bit gutted because this is probably, I mean, Tuts is probably one of the most special gigs, but this, the ballroom would have been the biggest gig we did uh, supporting Skylights. And I was a bit gutted because it was like I'm not even gonna have my own guitar. I'm gonna I'm gonna be probably uncomfortable on stage now because it's just like muscle memory, not much time just to practice with a new guitar. So I was a bit I was a bit gutted. So my girlfriend went and bought me a Christmas present, and it came the next day. And then I got a phone call the next day saying, "Oh, one of the lads took it home and worked on it at home. It's, it's going to be ready for Saturday now." So I've ended up with a fixed guitar and a new one. So I kind of complain about that. Excellent. I need to make sure I know she's that girlfriend. She sounds like a keeper. No, she's playing the guitar. I bet. I think. I think the reason why is is I kind of I kind of moan about giving her lifts anyway. Nah, I'm, I'm I'm in lift debt for a while. You better. You better hope she's not listening to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. Some other stuff. How did you end up managing to play the fan zone before the Levy game in February? Oh. Do you know uh, Monza Express? Yeah, they're also from Aberdeen. So uh, I seen they'd played it. So I, I just I just messaged them on Instagram. And was like, how did you get to do that? <laughs> and then, like not like rude. I just I said that's so sarcastic. It was like, how how did you get to do that? And he messaged back and sent me over sent me over the boys' email. So I emailed him and then he, it was just like, oh, I just plan on doing another one. Would we be able to do it? I just straight away straight away was like, yes, yeah, sound. So we've got one planned next week. We're going to have live music on because they were doing a, they're doing a esports tournament. They're doing an esports tournament in the ballroom, so they had playstations and stuff set up on the set up on the stage. But they're like, oh, we we could, we could probably get like half an hour piece to play at the end of it. So like sound. So we we went in for a sound check on the day of that, and then we were just sat playing FIFA on the playstations on the stage until until the place opened. It was good, like by the but it was a boy for uh, oh, I can't remember his name, but. I think he works for the community to us. Just he sorted it all for us. And was like, all these lads. Yeah, we shared a, a dressing room with uh, with Donny <laughs> the sheep. 
<laughs> the Aberdeen mascot. So, you know, quality. And then... That's the rock and, rock and roll lifestyle right there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You've made it. 100%. Who's the best of FIFA then? Oh, Callum for sure. Which one? Other oh, Jonesy. Jonesy. Me, I've, I've got too much. I've got too much free time. They, they all got uni and that. I, I'm, I'm able to do that stuff. So no they've got. They've got to practice their instruments. Whereas all you've got to do is turn up and belt out a few tunes. That's so so true. <laughs> You know, we've we've got to do the grinding. You know, I mean, apart from to be fair, he does write the songs, so you know, commendable. Right, the two. I, I play guitar as well, man. I, play, I need to write guitar parts sometimes. Yeah, he's got he's got away with words. He's maybe not showing it today, but he has got away with words. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, too, too he wants he, he wants rhymed. Um, I ain't going home tonight. Popping pills all through the night. Tonight. And that is—I don't know how you—I don't know how you can do that. Yeah, right, night, tonight, and tonight—that is just—and oh. get the popping pills in as well. Like it is youth culture, right there. Listen, yeah. listen. St. Marker Academy teaches you things. <laughs> yeah. Got a couple of songs so far on Spotify. We have heard maybe there might be a new song coming out. Are we going to get an exclusive, or is it for someone else? So, what what we've done is our last two recordings. We- we're not not happy with them, but we cheaped out on the recording for our last few ones, and it's just, they, they, they do sound a bit tinny. So what we've done is we've kind of like we've accumulated a bit, a bit of a bit of extra money from the bigger gigs we've been doing, and we've poured all of that into the into these new songs, and we've went down to a proper recording studio in Edinburgh with a boy called Mark Morrow, and he's been brand new. So we've got a new a new song. Uh, will I say? Will I say much? You can say it. Um, so no. I'm agree to that. No, you can see it. You can see it. So we're just waiting for the mix to come back, but our new singles will be uh, dancing. It's called Dancing in the Rain. So I think it's one of our one of our stronger songs, definitely. Yeah, it's a, a lot better. I'm, 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 I can't wait to like. We're waiting to hear the final mix. We recorded it three weeks ago today. The guy who recorded it said, "You'll get the final mix in two to three weeks," and we haven't got it yet. And I am absolutely, I am buzzing. I can't wait. I'm hoping. I'm hoping tomorrow's the day. I have a feeling. But, yeah, but as soon as we get it back, as as long as the mix is fine, we're just gonna get that fired, stay up, and get that announced and start the start the campaign for that. Cause we've got our, our headline in December as well, the OGV podium for December. So we're hoping to get it out before that, so we can buy ticket sales a bit. But and I think we're gonna record an EP. Well, we're booked into recording EP in the new year as well. Nice, good stuff. Exciting. So I. Headline gig in 8th of December, isn't it? 8th of December, OGV podium. It used to be the garage that has been bought over. Seen some big bands at the, at the uh, well, as you say, it's OGV now, but it used to be the garage, uh, like Wolf Alice. Jerry Cinnamon played there. Ga- Jerry Cinnamon. Ga- is that, is that the, garage in Glen- the garage in Glasgow? No, so oh, there used to be, no, a, there used to be a garage in Aberdeen. Uh, like, I can't even mind, because I, I must have been a 14-plus gig but I've seen a couple of bands there. So, say like six years ago, probably closed down. And, uh, I mean, it was, it was probably, I do you know, I've never, that's one, I've never actually been in the garage in Glasgow, but I imagine it's probably the exact same. Like the floor was just minging. You're not missing much. Usual, no. usual, <laughs> usual stuff. But I mean, it wasn't a bad, it's a decent sized venue. It was a shame it closed down because like Aberdeen, it's got, we've all kind of said this for a while. We've got like the, 
the tunnels, drummings, unit, all kind of the same size, but then you've not got that gap between... I mean, you've got Lemon Tree, but Lemon Tree is almost like you've got to have a promoter to get onto to to go through Lemon Tree. You can't yeah, do independent stuff. It's a tough one to get into, and it's a tough one to sell. Um, but like we don't have any middle ground, and this is like the middle ground that's kind of came around now, which is good for like Nature Trust, like all the bands in Aberdeen. It's a good venue, and it's like properly kitted out now. So, I mean, I've I've not actually been to a proper gig since it's open. I've seen Callum doing a, an acoustic there, but um. Yeah, it's. Just, I imagine the sound and all that's going to be class as well. So it'll be a good wee venue for us. I think Aberdeen's a good place to develop as a band. There's a good kind of big scene just now at the moment. Would you say? Yeah, Aberdeen. Aberdeen's a tough one. Aberdeen's a tough one because more, more, most, most of your stuff, a lot of promoters prefer you to be from Glasgow. So, like, without without something like a like a band or anything. It's it's a lot easier for you if you're based in like Glasgow or something because when 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 we get taken down to Glasgow, it's like the, the promoters are expecting us to sell heaps of tickets in Glasgow. It's like we haven't built that base in Glasgow yet, so we're going down and we're playing these gigs in Glasgow, and it's like maybe we struggle to sell tickets, but like it's just hard, and then promoters are all like, oh, they just they, they won't ask you back. It's it's very yeah. much bums on seats for Glasgow. Yeah, when and, you play Aberdeen, and, when you play Aberdeen. You know, you just play gigs in Aberdeen, and then you get, hopefully, if your set's good, then you get your you get your fan base in Aberdeen. In Glasgow, they kind of expect you to already have that base, and it's difficult yeah. to compete with bands that are from there and they have their pals, they have their family coming, and then you either have to play in front of a couple people who know you a wee bit, or you have to bring all these people down with you, and that's yeah. it's a lot yeah. to ask of someone. And I mean, the thing is as well, a lot of the times we went down, it's like a Friday and it's like trying to get people to finish work and then come doing by the time. And then because the thing is as well, like we're going to be one of the first ones on because there is going to be another band that if if it's a three support, we're like the the chances of us selling these tickets are incredibly high. So it's like we can't eat like if it's on a Friday, it's like almost game over for us already. But I mean, it is just like it's a lot of the promoters. I get it that the ticket sales is incredibly important for them because that's what keeps them going yeah, it keeps the venues going them, but for like a band in Aberdeen it's not that like maybe we're not as good as these other bands or like maybe we were actually got a bigger pool but it's just our pools in Aberdeen and they'll easy take someone doing their first gig in Glasgow over bringing us up because they the first you know the band doing their first gig they're going to bring their family or every single band member their whole family is going to be there they're going to bring all their close friends that are wanting to come see them for the first time and then all that stuff. So they're going to sell way more tickets. They're already probably so they're going to get 40 tickets. And then we're like fighting for 40 tickets. Yeah. yeah. We're getting better. We are getting better. Yeah, but did, that's why did, King Cuts did. was important for us. Yeah, we did. We did well with us. We just, because it was a Saturday. We, we just marketed it. There's this, this big day out because we had Rangers away on the same day. So like, right, we've got Rangers away. We're going to that. Biden Glasgow come see us. And we did, we did quite well for a touch. Because we just... Mm-hmm. Yeah, we just, we just marked it as a fucking day out for Abbey. Tuts was so that? that ended up working quite well. Tuts was a showcase. So obviously, way showcases work is, is there's no headliner, technically. It's it's just all done by ticket sales. So like you don't mm. actually know stage times until it's a, an it's hour a before. Like, yeah, it so it's, it's whoever sells the most tickets is the, is the order. And I mean, we were second on, so we managed to beat a Glasgow band in ticket sales. 
And I mean, the good thing was is that the one big difference between the Glasgow crowd and Aberdeen crowd is is the Glasgow crowd are usually pretty good at showing up early for the first supports. Mm. So like, not only did we have the forty people, but we also had the band before and then people coming early. So we got a really good crowd for touch as well. Yeah. I, th- I think that's. I mean, I, I think that those type of gigs are really good for like um, young bands that are just really starting out. Because I mean, when you go to when you go to those gigs as a music fan, you will hear bands that you maybe have never heard of before that are from a different city, you know, from other areas of Scotland. And you think, do you know, they were pretty good. And you know, you might even just get a few folk um, listen to your tracks after it, and then that builds your base, you know, um, further afield. So. Um, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. Though it must be difficult. Yeah, it's, it's it's quite a lot of pressure, even though we've been doing it for just over a year. But here's what it is: the good thing, though. See, if you're from Aberdeen, there's less competition within bands because there's less bands, and so I feel like part of the reason why we've got such like because we've had a, a lot of decent support slots, and if we were in a Glasgow band, it would be difficult to kind of there's more bands for those big artists to choose from. Whereas we just kind of, we were just chancers, you know, we just kept messaging them and, you know, um, for example, when we supported Skylights, it was the guitarist from Skylights who gave us the contact to then support the Sherlock's. Um, and so if we were a Glasgow band, then it would be, it, there's more bands from that to choose from. There's, you know, that's already going to be sorted out. So, you know, you can complain about it, but, there's a lot of benefits from being Aberdeen too. It's quite it's, it's quite rare too. And the, the one other thing about the Aberdeen scene is is the Aberdeen scene, like it is it is still compat it is still competitive with other bands, but it's a lot more close knitted. I suppose you mm. could say we all talk to each other. Like every band knows the other bands. We all go see each other. Like we'll yeah. all go support the other bands because like we understand that you know in Glasgow it's. It could, uh, I mean, I've I've heard and like we hear stuff, and it's like it can be quite heated and very competitive, and bands are almost like arguing with each other and disliking each other. But in Aberdeen, it's like we're all trying to do the same thing. We've all got the same angle. Yeah. Why not support each other and try all get there? So we will help someone out. We'll give our pals a, like you know put our pals forward when we can't do stuff. Try and push them forward. They'll do the same for us. The Capolos took us under, like kind of took us under the wing, gave us a couple of support slots with them and they were obviously one of the biggest in Aberdeen at the time and that definitely helped us and I mean it's just like it's very much like you give some and then you get some back and like you help each other out you try all yeah. raise it at the same time not just one band try and go and do massive worst thing you can do is just go about chatting shit yeah 100% <laughs> yes yeah, oh. there's no point in being dicks as well because if you're being dicks then folk will just no take his on otherwise yeah. is it it's a bit of a yeah. different scene to maybe what it was like years ago and even like we've had bands on and they've saying there's not so much of the kind of drinking culture maybe before they're playing. In terms of gigs, they kind of keep it quite professional. Whereas back in the, like Josh, you'll remember maybe like older gigs, you would go and you would see support arts or you'd see bands and you can clearly tell they were just there for a laugh as opposed yeah. to kind of take it seriously. There is, there is some of that still. I mean, yeah, honestly, there, there, there is still some of that, but we try, we try to be respectful. Like we'll all, we'll always clean our desks and remote of all the empties and everything, make sure we're, we're always quite respectful like that. But like we'll never go. I think there was one gig I was pissed for, and I've never done it again. Like it, it was just, it just, it just wasn't right. Aye, but we cause... always try and be quite respectful of like everyone that we meet, and just try and make a good impression to everyone. Because at the end of the day, you never know who's going to give you that opportunity. You know. 
Um, apart from yourself, saying what other Aberdeen bands would you recommend that are up and coming? Either for listening to or on the podcast or both? There's a couple of bands that we've played with and like bands that we see sometimes. Like There's a band called The Sunday who uh, we've played with. It's not three times. I think it might be just twice, but we're really good pals with them. And then there's the other bands, like there's White Lines, there's there's a new routine. White lines are like hitting the moon and stone piled, and there's so like there's so many bands in Aberdeen that like we're good pals with, and then some that are like we're you know we're we're well for example there was a gig that was meant to be in the ninth of November it's rescheduled now but there was a support act there who we were going to see just because like oh they're pretty new we may as well go see them see what their chat is you know like. Good night, you know. They uh they all slag me for saying this because it's just pure football manager talk. But Aberdeen right now it's a golden generation is a go- is, is a golden generation it's a golden coming generation. through when you get that five star youth recruitment in. That's uh that's Aberdeen right now. There is a lot of good young ones in, like Pit in the Moon are what, sixteen years old? Yeah, they're, they're uh, yeah I think they're in sixth year school now. Aye, so maybe they're seventeen, but I mean they're young, they're very young, but they're they're they they're going places as well. There's heaps Sunday, I mean, but there's the thing is with Aberdeen is some of the older ones that have been on the go for still ages are still just as good and still going for it, like Polos, mm. Van Sleep, White Lines, New Routines. They're all still like decent named, and like those ones are the ones they can put tours on around, you know, Scotland. Like I'm not saying they're guaranteed to sell them out every time, but like you know, they're at the point where they could put their own shows on all around Scotland, and they're they're all good. Yeah. They've got uh, people who come to their gigs that aren't just their mates. I like that well, Callum, because Football Manager came out today, so I need to ask you all, do you play? And if so, what is your first save? What is your first team that you're going to go? Right, I think I'm probably the only one that's passionate about Football Manager. I'm passionate about um, New Star Soccer. New Star that is... Soccer. I've played that. <laughs> that's the real Football Manager. Not having any of this. Sorry, Callum, you were saying... I'm not. I'm not sure. I've not bought it yet. This is the first first year in like maybe four or five years. I've not pre-ordered it. I'm. I'm gonna probably wait until next month for the month after. But, uh, I'm not sure. I quite like. I quite like a lower league. Just going straight into a lower league. I didn't mess about with, um, a top a top division side. I try to stay away from Scotland. Last year I did a, I uh, holidayed for a year and I ended up doing an Aberdeen save. I was like, oh, first manager to get sacked, and it was Jim Goodman. So I was like, sweet, did an Aberdeen save. That was not bad, but I'd stay away from Scotland. But I think I'm a, I'm a big Bursapur fan um, because a couple of years ago, I uh, did a random, did, just did one of those sites, randomised the team. I got Bursapur. I was like, great. So I did a wee Bursapur save um, and did all right with them, but the new game came out, so I didn't continue. I went on to the new game and I was like, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get one of those mystery T-shirts Football yeah, yeah, mystery I... shirts and whatever team I get, that's who I'm gonna do. So I'm buzzing a week later it comes, open it up, Bursapur. So I was like, fuck it, I've just gotta <laughs> I've just gotta keep it going and do it. I just need to start again. So I might I might bring it back. I never did it this year or the year before, so I might go back to Bursapur because they're doing a bit shit right now. Alan Josh, football manager fans. No really. See as you get older. Not too much stuff today. <laughs> I've never, mate, I've never been a football manager fan, really. Never? Nah, not really, man. Not my bag. Um, 
I've, I've, I've kind of dabbled on off. I've never really been submersed in it. Um, Aye. I think you've got, you've, I'm quite, I, I'd get really into it if I spent enough time with it, but I just Aye. don't, you know, I mean, I need to be really into something to get into it, so. Ah. It could sometimes um, be painful for a wee bit until, but then when you get into it, that's it, you're hooked. Yeah. No, not for me. Um, I have got a bit oh, obsessed shit. with my fancy team this season, which is problematic. Not my Scottish one, because I can't, it stresses me out too much. I hate every other team. I can't pick anyone who's not Aberdeen. And then it was just uh, it was just suits you watched all the time when you were when you were going through your teenage years in winter. Well, I just I find it too stressful. Aberdeen um, fantasy Premier League, so England, it's going okay. It's going all right. Quick, please about that. Like when you say okay, um, like. Near the top and the bottom of the league, as I mean, I've had a bad week to be fair, like a terrible week. What a shocker, too. Everyone's had a bad week, though. The average is 27 points. Oh, I, I wondered why I was on lower points than I was yesterday. Minus four for my Spurs defender. They oh. lost 4 1, by the way. You did all win. Oh, he got sent off as well. You? Brilliant. You won the predictor last week? And I won, I did win the predictor, didn't I? Oh, I need to pick my games tomorrow before I go away. I won the predictor, so we do a predictor every week. Josh doesn't do it because he can't be arsed. Occasionally I'll just copy and paste someone's scores, but mainly he just doesn't do it. Um, I am having a comeback. I, I, accurate. I'm having a comeback. Look, I was, I was all... seven points I, was the average this week in fantasy football, so I'm doing... Look, I was all. all on board for the predictor league here, and, and then I realised that we were only doing it for money. What did you think it <laughs> and was? I was? Well, after I... Like, I was just like... All right, so we're not doing it for money. No, we're so doing there's no. St- I, but actually, like, I actually I, was waiting. But then, then, then I was like, then I was like, but there's there's no stake in this, you know. Like, if I don't win this, if I win this or I lose this, the result is going to be the same. So, I, that's, that's when I just decided to start copying and pasting folks' scores. I was actually confused at the beginning because <laughs> I was waiting for someone to tell me where to send my like twenty quid or whatever. But um, it's quite good because. I've won it out of nowhere this week. I've actually smashed it. So I get to pick two... I get to pick a league one, a league two, and two women's games for the predictor this oh, week. That is correct. Uh, I'm still yeah. convinced you paid a tipster this week. I don't I don't know your scores. I know. I've just actually just... Maybe I actually just sat down and thought about it. I didn't do a full copy-paste of anyone's this week, so that's maybe the thing. Right. Um, just some football questions as well for the boys. Rodri, might get your songs played at Rodri. Again, how did that come about? And for the Aberdeen fans, how good is that? So, again, it was just a case of... It, it was uh, Monza Express again. Their songs were getting played. But all day, we just messaged them. It was like, who are you speaking to about that? And they just they told us. and We just emailed them and they were straight away. They were like, yes, sound. So it helped with the, uh, helped with the, um, the fan zone as well. The boy that we met, that we sorted through that. So... Both times we just fired off and we'd be like, "Yeah, on you go." They've never, we've never been ignored from Aberdeen at all. They've been a good help to us. Monza boys are good. Honestly, they would be a good, a good shout to get on here as well. Yeah, a lot Monza of boys would be very good on, on here. Right. I think we do follow them, but we'll get them on. I like a recommendation. Um, favorite Aberdeen kits. Oh, as a Celtic fan. What... Uh, I was going to say, I actually quite like the Northern Lights this year. As a Celtic fan, I, I think it's quite smart. Because our kits are just shite this season. 
I like this kit. Don't understand uh, the weird snake thing. That's this, all very odd. This hitless number one. I'm nice. Gonna... I hope you wear that on stage as well. Um, yeah. I actually, I actually got screamed at by a Leeds fan <laughs> because it, this actually wasn't in Leeds, funnily enough. Um, but there's a Leeds fan. We were playing. We were supporting Skylights at Lemon Tree, and there was this guy who came all the way from Leeds to see Skylights, his favorite band. And then we finish our set, and he thinks that you know he's surrounded by people wearing Aberdeen shirts. By the way, surrounded by them, and he thinks that I am wearing a Man United away kit. And being a Leeds fan, you know, rivalry there goes absolutely mental. And this is why like, all the lights are on. I'm just putting away the kit. It's, it was such an awkward thing, and he goes absolutely crazy. Um, and then he gets kicked out. But then I didn't realize that uh, he came all the way up from Leeds to see Skylights. And then five minutes before they came on, got kicked out because he started abusing the Hitler's drummer. <laughs> what did he uh, actually chop out? Nah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, he was oh, showing, he, yeah, he was he showing proper top. abuse. To be fair, he was like, yeah, it wasn't holding back. He, I don't know how. I mean, he, he did have specs on, so maybe he, he was half blind, but he was he was <laughs> proper going for it. <laughs> I swear, maybe, it's always Ollie that gets in trouble. <laughs> maybe it's it was me. Was, it's always was me. Was there any windows or mirrors or anything? Because if, if maybe he just seen his reflection and seen that he was a specky bastard, and then he just got really, <laughs> really angry. Aye, the the bright lights were in his face. To be fair, Aye, so maybe. But um, yeah, and then there's like when we got the um the Aberdeen fan zone thing, they put the photo of me wearing the Aberdeen kit on their Twitter page, which is good because it gets me a discount at a couple of pubs. But um, it they um. Yeah, those those a couple of Rangers fans who are giving me death, and um, <laughs> I was like, "Wow, these people, these people, just they really need to just get a life." Poor old Ollie <laughs> on Twitter as well. It's like, oh my uh, god, one one Rangers fan because obviously it was, it was a photo of the back of his back of his shirt of him sitting down at the drums. Obviously, hit list. One Rangers fan had edited it to say shit list. To be fair, <laughs> it was hundreds for Adobe it was to funny. do that. It was funny. <laughs> we, should have, we should have retweeted it. We should have retweeted it. Was that you, Josh? Might have been. <laughs> <laughs> do you like a bit of interaction on Twitter or not? But like, is uh, social media game a bit of a tough game? Because other bands that we've had on say, at times it can be quite tough. We're we're not we're not too big on Twitter. Like we get, I just, I, just, I I can't get my head around like. The algorithm on Twitter is just so like random. It's so random. We we tend to use Instagram more because I've I've got the we've got the algorithm for that down to it. But I think we do our social media best on Instagram because just because we can whatever we post on Instagram goes straight to our Facebook as well. So it's all the same. But Facebook again is another weird one. Is we may, so, mainly tend to use Instagram. We get the most out of Instagram. It is to be yeah. fair in a band nowadays. If you're not using social media, you're doing something wrong. Because like the days of just like the only thing that's going to get you there is music is kind of gone. Yeah, like, you can't even the just best be a good musician. Band. Yeah, the best musicians won't make it if they refuse to use social media. Like you've just got to play the social media game mm-hmm. nowadays. You can't just be. And I know it's most definitely in terms of using it for bands is like you will get a lot of gigs because you quite often get folks saying, "Oh, you recommend a band for support, or you get any Aberdeen bands or that." So like that's where yeah. I can get come into its own definitely. Yeah, like compared to Instagram, which I know really going to get it on Instagram. Like folk probably coming out and saying, "We need this, we need that." 
Yeah, I think I feel like the content we put out is quite good because we we put we put we put a lot of money into into our content and like photos and videos and stuff. We put Ollie's a lot a... of money into it, but yeah, all the all is a graphic designer. So he designs all our posters, and that saves us a heap of money as well. But he's a good graphic designer as well, so it benefits us a lot. So he he also does that. You know. <laughs> so all he does that uni. So a lot of his uni like was like portfolio is just like all the Hitler stuff. So he's like doing two things at once. It's like works hand in hand for him. So it works well for him. But obviously not every band's got a graphic designer at their fucking disposal, I guess. Definitely looks professional. Podcast will be to come. Hi. Hi, watch he charges he charges a lot, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Chicken sandwich. Aaron, have you got any football-related Aberdeen questions for the boys? I have a question for Music Alan. Question. Go for it. I'm so I'm sorry, Aaron. It's a quick one. Who will you be supporting for uh, the the uh, the final in December? Between Rangers and Aberdeen. Yeah. I love an underdog, so I support Hibs. So <laughs> I'd, I'd go Aberdeen. I'd love to see Aberdeen win the cup rather than Inter- another old firm trophy in the cabinet. Oh, brilliant! Who's you know who wants to see that? I'm pretty sure if you ask anyone. Who's not a Rangers fan? Like maybe Hearts, they'll all say Aberdeen. Everyone, I think, except Rangers and Hearts, will say Aberdeen. Yeah. Hopefully, I've got a question, you guys. Would you rather headline Glastonbury or see Aberdeen win the league? Headline see Glastonbury every day. See Aberdeen win the league. It's not even a question. Yeah. I'd headline Glastonbury because there's more chance of us of of us seeing Aberdeen win the league anyway. No, no. <laughs> Listen, listen we, could, we could work our way up to Glastonbury. I am not seeing Aberdeen work their way up to the league ever again. Never <laughs> again. Not in a million years. So, so you're saying both. Uh, you'll take the Aberdeen league and then you'll just work in the Glastonbury one. Aye, exactly. exactly. <laughs> we, need to, we need to keep our goals fresh, you know. Aye, so I suppose that what you're saying. Aberdeen. The new goal is Glastonbury, and they like King Tuts. We're just going straight to Glastonbury. Yeah, but if you yeah. headline Glastonbury and you get lots of money, and then you 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 make some business deals, and then you get even more money and more money and more money, you could then take over Aberdeen with said money, and then you could yeah. quite simply just <laughs> win the league. If only like, if hey hey if only there was a rich uh, American-based businessman that's trying exactly that <laughs> Aberdeen right now. <laughs> Richer uh, than him, we will be richer than him. <laughs> the only thing I've noticed with that actually is uh, he keeps moving the kickoff times to later in the day, so you get um, some television rights, but then they don't televise it anyway. So, aye, that's the only thing I've noticed. Yeah, <laughs> the, the whole whole Aaron, you the question. I do have a question. It's a music question. Does everyone have a karaoke song? Oh, oh. yeah. Don't want to miss a thing by Aerosmith. Excellent. Yeah, I've got two. I've got a joint one with Callum, yeah, which is kind of <laughs> kind of controversial. Thinking about it right now, well, not controversial. So uh, when me and him are steaming, we do "Sunshine on Leaf" because we can just shout it and need need judgment. I uh, I quite like "Wagon Wheel" as a solo. That's been my new one. I've been picking up "Wagon Wheel." I've not got a specific one, but um, I I just kind of like. Making an arse of myself on the fly, depending on my mood. Limp biscuit. Oh, of course. Limp biscuit. <laughs> yeah, great stuff. Nookie is an encore. 
Yeah, the, the, the last two times I've done karaoke, and I, I hate karaoke. I don't know. I can't, I can't stand it. I really don't like it. But the last two times I've done it, I've done Sunshine and Leaf. <laughs> Both times. It's, just, it's a belter tune. It is an absolute thumper, but obviously it's tied to Hibs, but up with football. It is an absolute tune. Josh and I talk about this. It's one of the few club songs that Scotland fans sing. There's, there's, I don't think there's any other club song that Scotland fans sing. No, you're right. You're right. Weird. It's just because it's a it is it's it's a Scottish song as well. That's the thing. Like yeah, yeah. If you think about a lot of the club anthems, most I'm pretty sure all of them aren't Scottish songs. Yeah, Mm. it's a good shout. Um. Oh, I've got a few. What does everyone think of St Johnson's new manager? Ridiculous. I thought about Aberdeen though. Fucking St Johnston. Oh, I'm just intrigued by what people think because I think it's a laugh. <clears throat> Personally, I think Craig, Craig Levine was done in 2008. I think he was past it. So uh, I, I think it's... They'll be doing... I, I can't see him being worse than them this season. You know, like, here's the thing. Um, Craig Levine... Craig Levine's spell as a Scotland manager and the latter stages of when he was at Hearts have completely destroyed his reputation as a football manager, I think. Um, I think he'll probably see St. Johnson as... He'll know that. I think he'll probably see St. Johnson as an opportunity to remould some of that and reshape... Yeah, and and rebuild it. Um it's a tough gig, though. I mean, you know, I think they're probably favourite for the drop. And if and if he takes them down, then I've given him a two and a half year deal. I know. I find that weird. If it's Johnson, right? You know, the thing is, there's no money either. It's not as if it's like a Hibs or an Aberdeen who are really struggling, but they've got a, a core squad and yeah. you know they've got a fan base. St. Johnson get decent fan base before, but there's not a lot there to to yeah. build on. I don't really know. There's there's a it's a shite team. There's not a lot of money. Levine, as far as I'm concerned, is not a good manager, so I don't really know. There's no glimmer of hope there for me. That sounds terrible, but... Yep, yep. That last boys. I was a bit surprised, to be honest. I thought he was well into his commentator career, but... Apparently, yeah, so did I. I thought he was happy enough. But... I thought I thought he was, you know, I thought it was probably him. I mean, as you say, the last couple of jobs he's had kind of just ruined his reputation. I, I, was just, I don't really think it, I, I'm surprised you would have taken the job to be honest because I, I only see it going one way and it's just going to be the third probably one that's going to ruin his reputation it's going to be a tough tough gig I mean if he manages to pull something around then fair play but I doubt it Who were all your favourite football players growing up? I say growing up you're like still growing up at the moment but you know what I mean mm. your kids this will make us feel old. Let's hear this. Oh, Scott Vernon. <laughs> Billy Gilmore. Billy <laughs> Gilmore. <laughs> no, Scott Vernon for me. I've always loved Scott Vernon. I don't know why. I just I just always clung to him when I was younger. Okay. I always remember when my granddad always used to say he was shite. I remember when he, when he scored his pen in the League Cup final, he shook my hand afterwards. He's been telling me he was shiting when he seen that Vernon was going to take one. He was like, There's no fucking way, man. There's no way. I was like, Shut up, Grandad. He's what I score is. Scored. Soon up, we shoot my hand. First time I've gone there, I shoot my hand. 
<laughs> Scott Vernon. Loved Scott Vernon. And Anche the Berry, you know, actually, just because it was just funny. At the time, Chidi was just, that was such a weird signing. But everyone, everyone loved him for, like, no reason. Because <laughs> he was shy. <laughs> but it was just, it was, it was all a good laugh. Oh, you're, you're the Celtic fan, aren't you? Um, aye. I mean, I've never got much memory of Larson, but <laughs> he, he must, probably once I just started watching football, he would have been gone. Mine's is probably Sammy. Big Sammy. And uh, Sammy. I don't know, the same. I'd, I've, he's just one player I used to love as a kid. And uh, probably Scott Brown as well, because pretty much the whole time I was growing up, he was there. Probably be my two. All right. Um, see, I have a lack of uh, football knowledge, but don't say Johnny Hayes. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm edging away from Aberdeen in my answer to this. But those who know may know that when I show this photo, these will be a collection of the three greatest football players ever to grace the pitch. And that is that is FIFA fifteen. <laughs> that is Gervinho Dumbia and I Barbo. That is see see it doesn't even matter that that was just a game. That was it for me. Seeing seeing them on the plane, the the, the creativity, the the sheer pace, everything was just perfect. See do Dumbia, that one. Wow. Yeah. That, it, it, to be fair, he's that, that was a FIFA. That was a legendary FIFA uh, front three. <laughs> <laughs> great in real life but uh, it was a great FIFA front three yeah. yeah can't beat it oh, I can't really can't, can you hear the, the comedy the comedian is in the band <laughs> I, at least he thinks Scott, Scott's a comedian yeah. in the band oh what about your players um so I like Russell Anderson growing up because oh, I was captain of my team like as I started getting into it and then like I just had really stupid reasons for like some of the other ones and just like I was like, I couldn't, couldn't really say it's like oh they're my favourite footballers because I didn't have a proper reason for it anyway. It was just like, like, what was it? Like, I bought a match attack, and like the first person I got was Wijnaldum. I was like, oh, his name's cool. <laughs> I'm going to add him to my list. <laughs> and it just stupid shit like that. So, quite weird. Um, I like Kagwa as well because we, me and my brother had like a Dortmund team for like a FIFA 15 career mode just for laughing. I was like, ah, oh, Kagwa's cool. Why not? Good player. Uh, Alan and Josh, any questions football related for the boys? Okay. Can you, Josh? Your mic's not working. I can't run out, mate. A questions to ask. I've got a question for Abdi then. Mm. On honestly, honestly, puts the score going to be in the final then? Who won Aberdeen? Nil nil penalties. And then, oh, I, don't and then I don't know there. As, as much as I'd love to say 2 0 Aberdeen, we're going to get gubbed. And it's not even a question. And it happens every time. I hate going to watch finals at Aberdeen because it's the same story every time. Logic, Logic still up. haunts it, your dream, does he? Honestly, that was the worst day of my life. Don't ever bring that up again. <laughs> Fucking, honestly. Every time we go up to Audrey, we just go uh, hand in for a final. We just set ourselves up to fail every time. I don't know what it is. Uh, no matter who we're under, we just, we're always set up so negative. So negative. I don't know if that's the, the Armageddon in me coming out, but I don't think we'll win. 
I really don't think we'll win. See if it ends up being penalties. I don't think I'll be able to fucking handle it. Like the amount of tension there. Yeah, it's horrible. Use it all apart from Josh. Um, no, you support the old. Oh, sorry, Charlie Chalmers, your Celtic fan. We've been talking recently about the gulf between the old firm and and the rest of the league. Do you know, I think it's probably the most daunting it's been as far as I can remember. Like going into a final against one of them, but I just I think the disparity is so huge at the minute. It's it's unbelievable. It's, yeah, if you look at it, like the Rangers have just got the Europa League final, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. And like, doing that. No, like Hibs and, and, and Aberdeen and, you know, Motherwell relatively recently will struggle to even get through the qualifiers to get yeah to the conference, <laughs> you know, so. Yeah. It, is, it is mad just now. What annoys... Sorry, Carl. No, there you go. I was to say, what annoys me is is it's like a sky in that and the TV rights yeah. and it's like it's not helping the case. Like obviously, I fix out's got a good business model. It's annoying sometimes in the summer, you know, when we've got we know we've got the money, we've just got our reports in, and we know we've got the money in the bank, and we've made a big profit. Um, I don't, I can't make uh, this year, but it's like the TV money and that, like you can't compete. Like the Scottish League will never compete when we're getting no TV money and we're not even getting shown on the TV at all. Um, that was a, a full period. There yeah. wasn't it? not one till yeah. And it's and happened like, a couple of times this this season. And like when it does, it's Celtic and Rangers. And like obviously, yeah. do you know what I mean it's it's a it's annoying because it's like it's it's the whole league that suffers. Like obviously, Celtic and Rangers, we're we're competing in Champions League. We're going to get that money in. Like we're going to, we will have the money. But for the rest of the league, there is not going to be a competition when the likes of the broadcasting or the prize money that is just still staying at the same level it's been up for the last like ten, fifteen years. What was like a joke as well was like, ah, uh, was it Cinch? Was it who had like two year deal with like showing Scottish games? Uh, I mean. Like, Correct me if I'm wrong, because I don't want to like get done for slander. <laughs> but like then they just basically pulled out like just a few months ago, and it's like, well, I mean, it's not really fucking helping anything. Just kind of shafted us. I, I don't remember that one, but and just in general, the the, the money isn't there. It's just yeah. I, don't know. I mean, and because I, I don't know how the deal works either. The show obviously mostly Rangers Celtic games. Does the money is the, the money split evenly across the clubs? I don't. I don't think it is. I'm pretty sure it's split between the clubs that are like so. There's a. I'm pretty sure there's a lump of money that gets split evenly, and then there's a lump of money that gets given per game. Yeah. So like, every team will probably see it, see the money twice, but then it should be more than like. But Salcombe Rangers will see it every week. Yeah. It shouldn't. It's you know. It, it's just daft. Like I understand that they're going to take the Sky deal because it's the biggest one, but. With the likes of Viva playing that, it's probably a better option now if they're going to offer more money or even just show the games. Because honestly, like if it's going to be the same money but the games are getting shown, then surely that's a better option than just like sticking with Sky. Yep. Don't say that, Calm. That sounds like too much like fucking real sense. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, Neil Doncaster um, is taking the best lead from his partners. Uh, our partners, sorry, down in England uh, by just renewing the same Sky contract every couple of years and thinking that something's going to be different about it. Um, and I think I think it's working really well um, because the money's shit. We don't get any games. 
Um, and basically every club is dissatisfied with it. So Neil Doncaster is doing some job. Yeah, it's it's as per like as per. And as I say, like it's the Salican injuries are are going to be fine because we've got the money coming in elsewhere, and we've both are flipping the players and getting the profit for that way. You know, we've got a bit of a a back in to make profit without the need of prize money in that because realistically the prize money isn't really anything to us if if you were to win the cup I'm pretty sure the cup is a million uh, prize money if you win the cup and pays one player's wages two players wages for us it's you know but it's the likes of it does it just doesn't it's just not working is it and you just need to do something else benefit the whole league a league restructure I honestly think a league restructure would be a a good thing, but then that's potentially like uh, might then affect the TV rights. But I think it would be a good a good thing. Yeah, it yeah. could on the basis that you wouldn't get as many um, old farm games, which I mean it brings in the money, doesn't it? It's a big big pull for the TV. But then you could argue that the other reason why, like I'm not I'm not trying to defend it, but like obviously Scotland's got what we are the most like the highest per. Capita or whatever, what of like um, citizens that actually go to watch football. So arguably, you know, we might not have the you know the fans for the other teams are at the games, majority of them, or whatever. So it's I don't know. It's one. It's it's a tough question. I guess the issue is that they don't do enough to sell the product. Yeah, was other teams, so they don't sell the other stories that are going on. Like to not have the Edinburgh derby on, like. I mean, I tell you nothing. The thing, another thing, is damaging. It is this away allocation nonsense. Like, there's no, there's, there's no the same at level of atmospheric games. And you know, you put in a game with those, you know, eighty away fans, or whatever, just doesn't help sell it, does it? Like, the England already think, already think we're a tin pot league, and they turn over and see that. Like, oh, come on, just doesn't help. Josh, you went to go over the game yesterday. You know, be bored now. Uh, no, wait, wait, wait. was there an, was was there another game on yes uh, at the weekend? Aye, to be fair, I don't think we was, was there. Was there another semi final? Aye. Right. I mean, here's the thing um, about the the Rangers uh, Hearts game at the weekend. Um, I learned a few things. Uh, I learned that I, I know absolutely nothing about football because at halftime, Philippe Clement took off uh, Todd Cantwell and I uh, said outright, that is a fucking weird sub. And he brought on Scott Wright uh, and Scott Wright completely changed the game. Um, I think that it's an interesting um, thing that, that Philippe Clement is doing with the tactics right now in that he is what he's basically getting he's gradually step by step he's getting the players to play the ball forward a lot quicker now one of the issues that we have it's a hangover from um, Beal's time is that we don't have a lot of ball carriers in the team we have Raskan who's a ball carrier Cantwell who's a ball carrier Um but in that final third, we don't have a lot of ball carriers. And to be, to be fair to Scott Wright, that's what he, he is. He's fast, um, really direct, and um, you know wants to be playing facing the goal. Um, and when he came on, it just looked... 
I don't know, it just looked that wee bit more kind of direct um, in our play. Um, took us up the pitch those kind of few yards. And, and you know, if you if you really look in it, he was involved in a lot of the final play that led to at least the first two goals. Uh, Lammers was involved as well, um, and at least in terms of winning the ball back. I actually think he had a pretty good game. Um, on on Sunday, um, contrary to what a lot of people would have you believe, actually, I think he was pretty good. Um, if not, you know, technically flashy, he, he did win the ball back twice to kind of set the attack off for two of the goals. Um, Lundstrom, brilliant. He seems to have got a new lease of life. Really interesting comment after the game from him about, um, you know, he said, he, he made a point of saying the atmosphere is just so much better, which is really interesting. Um, and quite telling, I think. Um, and then, I mean, I suppose, what more can you say about about James Tavernier? Um, he has, I, I see that insane, absolutely insane start today, um, John. And I'm just, I, I need to read this out again because, it, so, he's had 422 Rangers appearances and 231 goal contributions, right? Now, George Alberts, Peter Lovinkranz, Dado Purcell and Nikita Jelovic combined had 471 appearances, right? 51, 50, uh, 49 more. And they had 229 goal contributions. Right? So, I mean, right there, there there's four arguably club legends who have le- had less goal contributions than James Tavernier in his career. He is peerless peerless in terms of right backs I think he might be he's, he's certainly you know I mean I'm not going to say that Sandy Jardin is not Rangers best ever right back but I, I struggle to see another right back that's better than James Tavernier in Rangers history um, he's just outstanding and in terms of the final um, I think you know we've got a month we've got a month more to go I think Aberdeen will pl- probably play a low block similar to what they kind of started out against Hibs with but if I'm honestly being honest I think we're probably just going to have too much for for, for Aberdeen um, in this game I think it's a different Rangers team to the one that Aberdeen played at Ibrox in Beals uh, you know last game um, and I think we're probably just going to have too much for them and, and money's going to talk because you know it's it's an objective fact that our team costs a lot more money. We pay our players a lot more. We've got more spending power. It's you know it's and and what have I said for the second on the pod off the pod, John? From the second Celtic went out, I, I've said that if we don't win this cup, it's a disaster. Look forward to a disaster then. <laughs> I know you should win, but you never know on the cup what will happen. We'll see. We've also got to play each other as well before then. I've actually, I've seen a, a statistic and right now, Tavernier ha, is the only person like in the league who's got the most goals out of anyone that's still playing in the league. Because he just, just passed James Forrest who had the most. So now mm-hmm. he's technically out of everybody that's currently playing in the Scottish Premiership, he has scored the most goals. And how many of those goals were penalties? Less than half, I think it is. It's still, it's still a significant amount, but he's still, still about take away the penalties. It's still fucking insane numbers. And 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 with regard, right, I mean, because people always say this, but his penalties, right? he scores 
I mean, the, he scores three kicks, right? He scores into the back post, putting them through. He scores rockets. He's unbelievable. And the fact that however many pens, see, it's like, I don't know, 70 or 80 pens. I don't know how many he scored. But he has, scored, he has scored 70 penalties. You know, mm. it, it does. you don't just score that many penalties on a whim. You know, he is probably one of the best penalty takers, purely penalty takers that this league's ever seen. He's, he's so consistent. I think, uh, say he's hit 100, he's maybe missed three. He still does. Mm. Yeah. Captaincy issue is a big thing at the minute, isn't it? Because a lot of Rangers fans have levelled that at him with his ability to captain the team. Moonhowlers. Moonhowlers. Well, I mean, folk, like, folk, the, the problem with James Tavernier, right? If we're having a James Tavernier discussion, you, you need to introduce nuance into the discussion, right? And that he has been regularly guilty of collective failure, right? And, mm. and what I mean by that is that the fact that this team of 11 players or 14 or 21 or however many are in the squad have not achieved this level of trophies that they should have over the past uh, five years, I would say, because I'm giving us that kind of period between 2012 till we came back into the league. Um, you know, um, the fact that the, 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 the squad in the club has not achieved so many uh, trophies as, as we should have done, you know, is often levelled at the feet of James Tavernier, who is a singular player and a right-back who has dragged us through game after game after game, year after year. Um, in my view almost between him and Ryan Kent almost single-handedly dragged us into a European final um, two years ago you know so I can't I can't talk highly enough about him he's yeah he's outstanding definition of a big big game player like don't get me yeah, wrong big... he plays he plays well he does he's still good like he is a good player he still plays well in other games but in the big games as you say in the Europa League like thumbs up it was every thumbs up. game and he's... And he's got absolute balls of steel. You know, I mean, see that against Hearts the other week, right? The other, the, the league game against Hearts. He misses a pen at 45 minutes. You know, he then rocks up at whatever it was, 87 minutes or something. And he has to take another pen and he's 1-0 down. And he knows that if we lose this game to Hearts, then the league is, you know, it really is done. You know, it, it, it really is finished. And to have that nerve to then step up and, and put the pen away, like you say, Calm, he's just he's a big game player. He's he turns up all the time in big games and that's that's the hallmark of a good player. There's a reason that he wins players player of the year every single year and he has done for about, you know, six years on the trot. I've got a question for players, players player of the year at Rangers, I should say. How are the fans going to the final? Um so admittedly at the at the weekend there for the semi final. I rocked up to um, the Florida Park, the pub, and uh, didn't realise it was uh, sold out to Aberdeen fans. So I wasn't in my hip stop, thankfully, but um, I was in there for a few pints. I was just chatting away to some of the some of the Aberdeen fans there. And I noticed that not a lot of them are that confident in, in Barry Robson uh, at all, actually, like, to the point where most of them are actually saying, you know, if he loses the semi-final and then loses a couple of games in the league after it, he's probably out. Um, do you think he's got? Because you'll have to have a masterclass, I think, to beat Rangers in the final. Do you think Bayer Robson's got that in him to pull that off in a one-off cup final? Anyone? I think I think he was appointed very quickly. 
obviously when when we first took him in as an interim, he did well, and obviously got the results. And we, we I guess that kind of leaves you no other choice but to, mm-hmm. but to give him the job because he never gave us a reason not to give him the job. You know what I mean? So and then obviously he's not. Ma- forgive me if I'm wrong, but he's not managed a a top league like a Premiership side before. This is his first job, like yeah. in proper. Because before he was uh was it under twenty one? He was before. Is it Celtic on the top yeah. or something? Or was he not? I can't um, remember. It was at Aberdeen. It was Aberdeen under twenty one. So, uh, yeah, I think there's the lack of experience is definitely showing. Like, but he does show like the shit. Well, like poke the other week when he took off like arguably our three best players in the park mm-hmm. when we're two 0 up and just completely changed the game and put the game on it. Like completely turned it around. It's just, oh, I'm very fifty fifty about it. I am very very fifty fifty. Like. In my opinion of him, I I just don't like I think when he was on that good run last season, I genuinely think the players were playing for him and were were willing to go the extra yard, go the extra mile and like actually play you know, play for the manager. But I just don't think all all the, the players have that belief this season mm-hmm. that they had at the end of last season that gave you that good run. I, I just don't I don't think I think he's lost maybe some of the the, the belief in the players of his ability as well and then once you start losing the belief in the squad it, it's, yeah, it's hard momentum. to get back would, would you make Aaron John would you think of that but like Robson in general I think he's okay I think last season what happened was he inherited genuinely quite a good squad and all he had was those 11 players we didn't have anyone else we didn't have subs we didn't really have options so every week the team picks itself because he just puts out the same 11 every week. And then those 11 play, no real substitutions needed, not much thinking. We won seven in a row. Mm. This season, game management looks pretty poor. I think probably was poor last um, season, but got away with it. Um, the three substitutions last week, nonsense. Killy was a joke. Mm. Um, yeah, need to be better than we've been. I don't think he is 100% safe. No one's 100% safe in football, but I don't think he is. Mm-hmm. I think the whole Prince of Burwell game has taught him something that maybe against teams out with Rangers, Celtic and Hibs that are more in the ball that we can kind of get the ball in the deck, pass it and actually beat teams playing in a kind of more positive way because if you continue just to kind of sit as if you want to be a counter-attacking team that's not going to work against your likes of Kilmarnock, Dundee, Levy so you need to find if you're sticking to the system of like 5-4-1 or 5-3-2 which effectively what it is with the two wing-backs you need to have a wee bit of flexibility in that yep. um, to kind of change it up a wee bit more. So hopefully he learned his lesson, but jury's still out. Um, I, the problem for me is he's a bit, I think he comes across a bit arrogant as well. Mm. And I don't know if, if that's just because there's a fine line between arrogance and confidence. And obviously he's a good playing career. He's won trophies. He's been a good player. So maybe that doesn't transfer well to the players though. It's like, there's no doubt Leighton Clarkson and Duke miles off it compared to last year. I don't I focus on Clarkson was good in Saturday. I don't think he was particularly good until we kind of switched more central once mm-hmm. Mobara came on. I thought he was kind of quite quiet. Um but once he went more central he was better. So it's near wait and see. But you, you don't have much time and then the next month ahead is like tough games. Yep. But the hope is that maybe players playing for a place in the final might spur the team on and um move up the table a bit more. Was it six was it six? After the game yesterday, Dundee, but uh, 
who happens. Scott, what about yourself? Yeah, I I think it's like with the him not being like most experienced probably doesn't help a lot of things. I mean like he's very passionate, but not sure entirely like if he always makes the right decisions. So like hopefully like he understands what he's doing at least when we get there in the final. But um right before we wrap up then hit last hopes of twenty twenty four. What's on the list? That festivals. Yeah, <laughs> festivals. Are you are you any of the Glaswegians free for a gig <laughs> on the the seventeenth of February? A gig. Where he's playing on seventeenth of February? Can can we announce? No, sure. I, I don't think we can say, but. Well, no, we can't. An unspec- unspecified venue in Glasgow. Um, uh, <laughs> a church next to the Barrow Lands. Yeah, and oh. actually, actually, I've got, I've got, to, I've got to say, sorry, I've got to correct you, Ollie. There is not a single Glaswegian on this pod. What? Uh, let's 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 get that um, under let's get that underlined straight I'm, I'm away. I'm talking to know. the listeners. Ah, well, oh, well true, true. <laughs> that uh, 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 in my diary. Sorry, the Barrowlands, you say the, the church next to the Barrowlands. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Luke, yeah. So Luke's? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely yeah. not. That's thing reading. There used to be a church, did not. So Luke's, yeah. uh, yep. that is a, fu- so Luke's a fucking sick venue for a gig. It's a very it's cool, cool. Very cool venue. We've been to, well, we've only been to one gig there actually, Connor uh, Fife. But... I went to see Red Rum Club. That was a good gig. Aye, it's a good venue. Sick venue. It's it's another one. It's another one at Glasgow's with that yeah. bit of like it's maybe not got the same level as King Tots, but it's definitely one of those yeah. venues with a bit of something special about it. Uh, I'd rather play St. Luke's. Right, it's a very good venue. Right, it's in my diary. We'll promote it as well. Like we'll get everyone. Guys, we'll uh, I forgot my my normal question. I've got one more question. Um, for, for sorry, John. It's just I was worried you're bringing it to the end. They're just uh, uh, always asking the bands. The uh, desert island dicks, right? But because there's four years, we'll need to change this up a bit. Um, so you're crashed, you're crashed onto a desert island, uh, and you can only take one album. Go uh, one album, right? So each year's go, let's go, Calm C. Probably just gonna have to go the Stone Roses. Oh, we all knew that was gonna happen. <laughs> I mean, I could I could have said Quadrophenia, but nah, Stone Roses, Calm J. Uh, morning glory, hundred percent. Scott, um, Deftones are on the fur. Get a new metal in there. Why not? Ollie, I feel like if I was on a desert island and there was no way of me coming back, and you know, worst comes to worst, I don't want to starve. I don't want to. I don't want to die of dehydration. I don't. You know, any Radiohead album, and I'll do it myself. And then that'll be me. (laughs) 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 Maybe, maybe not. Like, if if not, then um, uh, if not, then probably probably Kasabian's first album. Yes, classic, classic. 
Uh, going back to like going to touch and like seeing your support bands, that's why you should see support bands because I saw Kasabian for the first time as a support act at King Tops. And that's oh, what that would be, <laughs> that would have been that would have been unreal. So like for anyone that goes to gigs, that's why you should go early. Or were they just more of a guitar band at that point? No, they were like proper full on like indie dance. Because I was at it was Rose, I was at the bar. I told this story many times in the podcast, but you guys haven't heard it. At the bar, waiting to get a drink. And just heard the like, mm, aha. And was like, oh, what's this? This sounds interesting. And then that was it. And straight away, I like proper indie dance. Good, good vibe. Good night. Um, still love them. Maybe not quite as much since the bomb thing. But um, what's the other part of the Desert Island dicks, uh, Josh? There is some other stuff is on the wall. Oh, I can't remember, man. It was no originally. It was like you get three albums, and then you get like one. What was it? I can't remember. No, that's Desert Island Discs. Ah, yeah, that, what, I mean, that, that's the Sunday show. That's the Sunday show at BBC Radio 4. Uh, Desert Island Discs was like three albums. There's something to do with football, wasn't it? Uh, we should really know this live on the pod. <laughs> Who would you all have as a dinner guest on your death row meal? Mm-hmm. So one guest, to... one guest, one guest. Oh, each obviously, Ollie. Um, actually, Jones Ego first because I feel there's so many in my head right now. <laughs> I know it would be between Liam Gallagher or Sir Alex oh, Ferguson. I'd uh, I'd go Biggie Smalls. If I went to the toilet, you could look after my food. I think we need a Ouija board. <laughs> Scott. For me, because um, you know that question like, oh, 500 grand or dinner with Jay-Z. I take Jay-Z at the death about like, you know, like before I'm getting executed. Just because like any advice he gives me is then useless. So it's just like a way, fuck you. <laughs> Um, Fair enough. Uh, I'm going actually serious about this one. I actually think that Kurt Cobain would be interesting. I'd like to have like cool. an hour, an hour with him, just hear what absolute waffle he comes out with. Who was it? She did it, didn't she? Ask him. You get ask him. Yeah, I, I probably <laughs> want to know that too. Like that's like, <laughs> a big reason. But he'd make like the chicken dinosaurs really depressing somehow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He definitely ordered off the child's menu: strawberry milkshake and that. <laughs> The least harmed animals. <laughs> you should have been on the podcast before Ireland. Who would your guest be? Oh, my guest. Uh, oh. Don't say some stupid scientist. No, no, no I, I, I genuinely think I'd just go, I'm going to go really basic here and just go John McGinn. I'd love to meet John oh. McGinn. I think he'd be sound as fuck. Nah, nah, <laughs> it'd be class, like, it'd be class to go for a pint, maybe, wouldn't it? Right, like, he's I mean. just so sound. Uh-huh. But a strong bow dark fruit or a venom. Strong bow dark fruit. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you. I'll tell you one thing. John McGinn knows where uh, knows where uh, venoms were invented. <laughs> fucking Glaswegian. Tip, typical Glaswegians, by the way, try to steal our fucking patter. Folk fiercer. Honestly, usual pash. Aaron, who would your guest be? 
this is a hard one. Why can you just only you can only pick one person? Well, see if there was the like twenty four of us on the podcast. I'd ask three, but there's too many of us in the podcast. We can save it for an off time if you want. I think at the moment, David Beckham. Right, okay. Has anyone seen his documentary? It's it's a dinner, yeah. Aaron. It's not a dinner and dessert. <laughs> Just get the dinner ready. Has everyone seen his documentary? Yeah. I saw, I think I saw most of it. It was good. It was good. He's absolutely class. I love him. I'd like Victoria to come as well. She's nice too. I like them both. One, see, that, that's your problem, right? You'd ask a question and you, and you just give an answer that's just not the answer. Victoria, Victoria and uh, Rock Up in a Rolls Royce, wouldn't you? Working <laughs> class, aren't you? Still working class with a Rolls Royce. We should have eaten your dinner, so you'd be good with that way. Uh, Josh? Uh, well, you probably know who Bruce Springsteen. Well, I think I might have asked you that before, to be honest. Or, or Billy Connolly, one of the two. Uh, probably Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, Bruce Springsteen is an absolute shout. Yeah. That is a good one. I'm actually shocked and appalled, Erin, that you've not asked your standard question for guests. Um, people who go to the football, so everyone, what's everyone's favourite pie? Pathology pie, one time. I've, I still I've, try like Kelly pies because I've still not had one of them yet. To be honest, Dundee United away, I got uh, what was it, a chicken and white pudding pie, and it's one of the best things I've ever had in my life. That's it was so white good. pudding, I'm hungry nice. just hearing about that. Fucking need <laughs> one of them. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't get this one at a football stadium, but there's a there's a twenty four hour bakery in Aberdeen called Danes. It's brilliant. And um I once I once had a full Italian cuisine. I had oh, a lasagna pie and a macaroni pie and it was just I, I, I that was it that was my life peak, you know. A lasagna you know, pie. Lasagna pie We had it on as a special at Pitodri uh end of last yeah. season start this one. Brilliant. Just shivered a bit there thinking of that. Oh, oh it's so good. I so so a lasagna pizza. And I my, mouth, my mouth's so Aye. salivating. I had a pie at Hamden <laughs> on Saturday. Not brilliant. Folk call it a pizza pie. Folk call it a pizza pie. But it's a lasagna pie up, up here. Fine. I'd say a lasagna pie. I mean, I got right. like... It's a pizza pie and not just a normal pizza. No, nah, because I've... I think we were in... I think we were in Glasgow. It was either for one of our gigs or it was we were going to a gig, me and Callum. And I think we ended up in a baker or something. And I mind asking for a lasagna pie. She's like, aye, pizza pie. It's like, aye, forever. Lasagna pie. Unreal. Unbelievable. Very nice. Right, I think that might be it up. So we need to keep the 17th of February free. Yes. For a gig that's certainly 100%. not at St. Luke's. Certainly <laughs> not. <laughs> and if you're in Aberdeen, or even if you're not in Aberdeen and you're free on the 8th December, OGV, Podium, and also supporting our Sunday, Stone Child, and Audio Kicks. Aye. What's your tickets? £10. For four bands, great value. For fuck's sake, man. When do, you, when, when do you get value for money like that with gigs nowadays, by the way? I just spent I just spent fucking two hundred and sixty quid to go and see Bruce Springsteen on his last night at his uh, second uh, European tour in in two years, and then the day after I fucking spent all that money on the tickets, they announced he's staying another night in London. <laughs> did you, did you so, go to Murrayfield? 
Uh, I Mur- I went to Murrayfield there, but I went to the I went to Monza, which was the last night of European Tour, the mm-hmm. leg last year, because I thought that was probably going to be the last one of the last times he might be in Europe. Then suddenly announces he's doing fucking twenty two uh, more nights. Um, uh, uh, any, any, but the, the point is, when are you going to get four good bands for ten quid? Well, that's that's why it's so cheap because we're not a good band, <laughs> <laughs> and it's on a Saturday as well. Done it. Uh, no, a Friday, I think. So no, I, Friday. Think it, I think it might be a Friday. I think it might be a Friday. Is it a Friday? Oh, it is a Friday. Yeah, it's a Friday. Two pounds fifty per band. Yeah. So there's well, two fifty a band that's less than a meal deal. Exactly. So Josh could have bought twenty-four tickets for it. Exactly. Good. Good. Good to take everyone. Good to call the boys. Um, everyone. Could have. Could have. Could, uh, could have took the whole pot. Exactly. Right, okay, thanks very much for coming on, guys. Thank you for having us. No worries, thank you. Cheers. And Alan, good to have you on as well. Yeah, cheers. Yeah, first time. Thanks, everyone. Night. Have a good night. Thank cheers. you. Happy football yeah. music. See you later. Uh, bye-bye.